you will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. We must be cautious. Better known as Kelvin Tiberius, Pirate Lord, to some planet somewhere. I'm sure people have heard of me, but I have booty to bring you. I'm gonna I'm gonna skip the order, and I have special booty to bring you. Uh, we happened to have uh, I don't know how would you say it, uh, Lyle? Kid kidnaps not the right word. I think the technical uh, term is press ganged. Sure, we press ganged uh, a cook because well. None of you bastards know how to cook anything. And Jeez. Uh, I... <laughs> I don't do enough around here, Ricky. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah exactly. This is, I'm, I'm doing this for you, man. I'm doing this for okay. you. We, we, we brought ourselves a chef, so we got, we found, we, we brought in Star Slinger, otherwise known as Tyler Tippett. So, Tyler, uh, uh, thanks? Question mark? Yeah. You guys uh, picked me up at a uh, Dantooine fry cook stop. Yeah, so I, think I get to get right. off that shitty area, and uh, now I'm on a ship, right? Woo. I think you put question yeah, so, mark there because your cooking's going to kill us, right? You do a lot I mean, of fun. I, of... I might get sole custody of a ship. We don't know what's going to go. Mm-hmm. What's, your, what's, your, uh, what's your specialty? Uh, current specialty is a medium-rare hut steak with a special sauce. That sounds delicious. I mean, they're so fat. Right? No, it's actually oh, made from huts. Yeah, no, it's actually made from huts. Now, are the baby, are the baby huts tastier than the adult huts, or how's no, that no, work? you got you got to let them. Well, no, that's it's not like a veal hut steak. It's like mm-hmm. a it's like a, a traditional, fully aged, yeah, yeah, fully aged <laughs> hut steak. All right. All right, we're getting we're getting off track. All right, so also joining me is Lyle Hayhurst, better known as Sos in the ship's quartermaster. What's up, Lyle? I know we we covered you already, but I'm salivating. I want to try one of these hut steaks. I'm. Desperately interesting. Also uh, is Blair Bunky, better known as Scruffy, the ship's janitor, and the only thing keeping this thing together. What's up, Blair? How you doing, Riggy? <laughs> uh, freaking great. Um, we are actually, uh, I guess, blessed, um, honored to have a guest joining us today, though. Um, joining us today is David Christostomo, otherwise known as PC Gamer Pirate, like a fellow pirate, which, you know, normally... It's either war or, or you, know, you know, fun time. I suppose this is this is somewhere in between. Um, it's, it's, I'm happy to jo- welcome a, a fellow pirate uh, to, onto the ship. What's going on, man? Nothing much. Nothing much. Glad to be here. Um, you know, for people who might not know, you are a, a moderator on uh, on the X-Wing uh, subreddit on, on Reddit, right? Yes, that's right. Uh think i've been for a couple years now just kind of did a bunch of vassal tournaments and then they got tired of me asking to pin my posts so they just made me a mod (laughs) well plus the other full-time mods never do anything so (laughs) yeah Uh, that's blair and alex right Uh (laughs) Uh, (laughs) who are the other mods is it uh, tyler no it's like 
a bunch there's, of guys. There's Go two ahead. higher mods. There's a uh, uh, Hank Scorpio, and I can't think of the other guy, but they they're just own they're just head mods for like a bunch of Star Wars game subreddits, yeah. and so they just they do like big picture stuff like when something gets really out of hand but then you know alex and i were on day-to-day stuff what is like the life of a moderator on reddit because i've always thought of what like what the hell does that look like basically it's the same (laughs) it's the same as everything (laughs) there's a there's like a little segment on the right hand side where i can change stuff and what it looks like and that's about it oh and uh there's if uh, something gets enough reports, the Reddit will notify me, and so I'll go look at it. But usually, like some asshole spoiling that Han Solo dies. Oh yeah, yeah that uh, that I lot? tried to I tried to kill that as soon as possible, and hopefully not many people saw it. <laughs> or I uh, or I piss somebody off on Reddit, and they go through and start commenting stupid shit on all my posts. So then I have to uh, <laughs> private message you and be like, hey, take care of this, please. Yeah. No, it, no yeah, one would ever of, do that. Huh? Most of the time, I won't. I won't actively censor people unless they're being like particularly, just like awful, awful people. You will like, shut people down on a regular basis, though, PC. I remember one time I was reading, this one guy was saying like, how to deal with the stress hog, and he's like, personally, I can't think of a better way to take the fun out of the game, and PC is like. Playing against Sunterfell with a bunch of rookies and watching him dance around you and dodge every single that takes the fun out of the game. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, you tell him, PC, you tell him. You defend that throw talk for me. Yeah. Uh, well, there's no defending that stupid ship, but that's beside the point. That, that ship is coming back, man. You better get ready for it. That's art. All right. So, so Pirate, we are absolutely stoked that you're on the show with us today. And. Of course, you see a whole bunch of X-Wing on Reddit. I will say that, like, at this point, it's almost like Reddit is, like, the second hub of X-Wing, as far as I'm concerned, is, like, you guys really do see a lot of X-Wing traffic, right? Yeah. I mean, we don't, uh, there's not a lot of posts on, like, news and stuff, but, like, if you have a list question or a rule question or just, like, like people, people are really like willing to help. Like we're not going to upvote your post, but we'll definitely comment on it. <laughs> You're yeah, goddamn like, not going to upvote shit. <laughs> with Reddit, it's probably the most intelligent commentary in the X-Men community. Like, I know, you know, a couple weeks ago when I was looking for some feedback on this question of is X-Wing too big for its britches, that's the first place I went because I knew that I was going to get the best feedback there. And I'm just looking at it right now. A good number is what there's like 120 people that are currently logged in to the X-Wing subreddit within the last 15 minutes. So, yeah, it's really blown up over the last couple of years. I think it kind of think it kind of filled the uh, gap left after um, Team Covenant website upgrade. Uh, yeah, kind of bit, bit them in the ass. There was yeah. 10,000 before the movie, and there's or there I think there's 9,000 I think before the movie, and now there's 14,000. 14,000, so yeah. So, Lyle, you mentioned X-Wing 2.0 and how we got a lot of good feedback from Reddit, and I know that, uh, Pirate, you've been, you know, sort of thinking about 2.0 and, you know, sort of like where is X-Wing going, what changes, you know, would you make to the game? Are they even necessary to begin with? Um, 
we, we, we were going to jump into this topic maybe a little bit more in depth, but unfortunately both the FAQ and Worlds and the Sabine preview just basically shoved you know, a, a ton of, of, of stuff that we need to cover before, uh, as quickly as possible. So it, it kind of is a little bit unfortunate, but we are planning on doing a full uh, episode on X-Wing 2.0 post-Worlds after we get a good preview of what Worlds looked like and, and where the sort of state of the game is. But we wanted to kind of jump into thinking about ways that X-Wing might have been smoothed out or, or, or what we might do to improve the game. And you being a person who's already sort of had ideas on the subject, we thought that you might have some good input there. Is that something you want to do? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I, you know, with the fan-made Friday discussions that I always have on Reddit, um, I had run out of ships to talk about, <laughs> run out of ships to talk about. We finally caught up. Thought it was too early to talk about new stuff for Wave 9, so I was like, well, you know, I've had this idea in the back of my mind, but like, if we could have a reboot, like a real reboot, not just a new core set of X-Wing, like, what would that look like? Knowing everything that we know now, and to start with a clean slate-ish, like, what would that look like? And I've gotten a lot of uh, good feedback on uh, what people like and what people don't like and the kind of... Uh, the kind of game that they would like X-Wing to be. And it's just, uh, it's interesting, the differing opinions of what should, could or should be done. Well, I'm certainly, since you've seen just about every argument there, I'm, I'm certainly interested in your opinion on that. And we kind of want to throw, you know, 10 questions at, at you that we kind of think were, we wanted to get your opinion on before we sort of really dove into the subject. Um, Lyle, I know you're super interested in this, so I kind of want you to throw uh, a question or two out because, you know, that that's certainly that uh, you're you've certainly got also a really good opinion on. All right, cool. I'm gonna blitz through. I got ten questions. David, you okay. can go y yes or no, and uh, if I'm a couple of them, you actually want to provide more than yes or no, and just talk about why you said yes or no. Feel free to uh, to do that. Okay. You ready? Yep. Here we go. Ta -ta! First question. Do you keep bigs in X-Wing 2.0? Uh, no, I change his ability. All right, what's the new ability in a, in a nutshell? Uh, basically give people next to him more evades. So you don't have to shoot at him, but you should. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay, uh, question two. Do you think hard big ships should still be able to do a hard one maneuver? Uh, yeah, they're slower. I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, question three. Do you make any changes to primary weapon turret? Yes, I get rid of it. Wow. Awesome. Would you, uh, out of curiosity, replace it with, say, a mobile firing rack? Uh, no. I replace all turrets or secondary weapons, so you can give range restrictions and special effects. Cool. All right. Question four. Do you keep Palpatine? Uh... <laughs> I love this game. <laughs> I'm gonna say like Biggs, we need to change it. All right, what's your change? Maybe a range restriction. Maybe, maybe uh, change the timing on it so it's not a normal mod. It's more like 3PO, where it's like before anything happens, kind of thing. 
maybe something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, something like that. It's right. it's it's a fine card. It's just a little. There's it's one of those cards that's like outside the power curve. Yeah, it feels like like no card should be worth a Tie Fighter, but I mean, really, wouldn't you give up a Tie Fighter for it? Oh yeah. Okay, so next question. Um, does the hawk keep its one primary attack? That's die? not even right. <laughs> no. <laughs> Aw. All right, good. Um, <laughs> do you keep the uh, four dice primary attack? No. Mm. All right. Uh, okay, last question, yes or no, and then I'm going to give you some options on designing some cards for me. Um, so, uh, last question: Does Horton get an EPT? This is we're, absolutely. We're asking the real questions here, people. <laughs> hard hitting, hard hitting, important <laughs> questions. He gets an EPT and a discount. <laughs> You're, since he didn't have one for so long. God yeah. damn it! You're bringing a tear to my eye. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's gonna be in the uh, he's gonna be in the Rebel Veterans box. Mm-hmm. Just like yeah. did you, yeah. Did you guys see that press release for uh, Rogue One? There's this guy holding Big's helmet, and he has not only a magnificent mustache, but a magnificent mane of hair, and it is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen that. I will have to go check that out. Okay, here we go. Last part, last question. This is not a yes or no question. I'm gonna have you design a card for me. So you get to pick one of three cards. First card is Yoda. Second card is Ben Kenobi. Uh, and these are uh, you can with Yoda. He's got to be a crew member, but with Ben Kenobi, let's you let's can do go, these one um, at a time. Well, I was gonna let him pick one, but if he wants to do all three, I guess. Uh, okay, yeah, can do it. Okay, I see what you're saying. I'll I'll just pick I'll just pick one, and then we'll do the other ones next time. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. Uh, ben Kenobi can either be a pilot or a uh, crew member, and the final one is a title card for the X-wing. Just gonna put it out there. Uh, F foils, dual card. Um, you get a front and a back. What do you do? Uh, I've thought the most about an X-Wing dual car, and I think what I want to do instead of S-Foils, because of the, I always hated that flappy wing stuff in uh, Rogue Squadron, is you just make it more like uh, staggered fire versus like simultaneous fire, and one side is... Uh, like TLT, you like roll an extra attack die, but you can only do one damage, so it's more accurate but less damage. And then the other side is maybe uh, normal, but you can flip and you can flip something to either a hit or a crit, and so or something like that. So, all right, I'm gonna let you continue to work on that card design, kid. <laughs> <laughs> something, something, something like that. Maybe one, maybe one's like. Four and one damage, and the other one's just normal. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So the guys over at uh, Back to Dials had a cool idea. They said the closed position, you just get an extra evade dice, mm-hmm. um, and then the open position. I was trying to get them to take a, a fourth attack die, like you were talking about. Yeah. Um, but they were thinking about some boosty tricks too. The the best argument for that is because there are four lasers. Four lasers. <laughs> Where did that I, come from? I thought about like. Like maybe one side's a built-in tail gunner, or something like that. I mean, not obviously not tail gunner, but just like give the X-wing the ability to modify its attack dice and save its focus for defense, something like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, that'd be good too. All right, so um, 
I, I do want, so the reason we weren't able to do X-Wing 2.0 in a long discussion form was because we had a whole bunch of news drop, like a ridiculous amount of uh, news drop, and, and, and we really want to make sure that we cover it. So, Pirate, if, if, you, if you want, like, why don't you stay on and we can, you know, cover some of this new stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, like Reddit and... Uh, the Slack channel were just going crazy on Monday. I, it's hard to keep up. All right. So the the first thing that we want to cover is is the 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 preview that just dropped for the Rebel Tie Fighter, the suppressive fire preview, and it was the Sabine uh, Tie Fighter. Uh, first of all, this is the obviously we've covered this before, but this is the first Rebel Tie Fighter, and a couple of things got spoiled. So. Um, I don't know. It's actually all spoiled. Yeah, yeah, the, the whole thing's spoiled, right? But and so yep. there's some new cards that dropped, and let's kind of jump into them. I mean, the EMP device is new, so let's let's jump into that. Um, what does the EMP device do? Uh, looks like during the combat phase, instead of performing any attacks, you may discard this card and assign two ion tokens to each ship at range one, yeah. which would include yourself because you are a ship at range one of you. And this is an illicit upgrade. It is an illicit that costs two points. And it's unique. Yes, very much so. Good lord. So this is obviously a very good card and certainly works well on a TIE fighter. Where else uh, do you see this uh, working on on various ships that can take illicit slots. Z95. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it says Z95 written all over it. Let me just throw this 14-point thing and just ruin your day. Yeah, you thought you had to shoot bigs. You especially have to shoot my 14-point four, my PS1 Z95. <laughs> is there any other, like, good spots for it? Because I certainly think that that is, like... The end all be all just troll card where, you know, it's fourteen points is nothing nowadays. You know, maybe cards that are almost that much. Yeah. The one thing maybe go ahead maybe uh, da maybe dash, but I'd like feedback array if you're bringing the illicit anyway. So mm -hmm. I actually like it on a YB six 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 because if someone gets behind them, ah, uh, they can pop it and you know buy themselves some time to get away. Well, they can't get away, though, because they're just doing... Oh, they they ion too. themselves. <laughs> so the, That's true. They're, they're ironing themselves. All right, fine. Well, um, so the one thing I... I mean, they, if it's a small ship, they get a little bit of range, but not, like, any significant. The one thing sure. about uh, the EMP device is when it activates, it activates, you know... Actually, it does... So instead, it's in the shooting phase. Yeah, it's in the shooting phase, right? It's in combat. And yeah, instead and of attacking... NPS order. Yeah, so don't you have just this is a question that I haven't necessarily uh, figured out yet, and I want to clarify. It doesn't just happen; it happens when you would shoot in lieu of shooting the EMP device, right? Yeah, correct. It's just like feedback array. So when you get down to PS one or PS three or whatever it's on, then I would say I'm not shooting flip card, distribute ion. Certainly. So that's why I'm saying it's much like Biggs, because if he rolls up in your face and is range one of a bunch of your stuff, suddenly, hey, you got to kill that guy. So certainly, though, it 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 definitely benefits higher pilot skill in its use. Um, yeah. Depending on what you're going for, for sure. Yeah. Um, you're looking for a 14-point bullet soak. Yeah. yeah. So, my boy Blair, what do you think of uh, the EMP device? Uh, 
it, yeah, potentially it could definitely do a lot of damage. I mean, but you always got to look at something and just basically, anytime you're going to bring anything, it's like, how is this going to do against every matchup? Like, well, we see so much stuff that looks awesome, but it, if it isn't very effective against even a couple of matchups, it doesn't get a whole lot of play, but it'll it'll be interesting, interesting to see for sure. Is, is, is there any spot that you necessarily want this ship on, or do you think it's just the Z95? No, I think there's anything with an illicit, like, uh, I would say really anything that could carry it to tell you the truth. Uh, would. Could a Shadowcaster with Feedback Array use both? That's a good question. <laughs> uh, you mean like in one move? In both. one attack phase, use yeah. both. PC Gamer Pirate causing FAQ since 2016. <laughs> oh, it's much longer than that. Uh, I just realized it's a discard card. Uh... Yeah, it's, it's one time use. Like, one of the things that I like about it, and just from a, a, a game thematic state, is the fact that, like, when that's on the board, you have to fly differently until it's either popped or you kill it. You can't have a big ship that is pointed anywhere near a board edge if, you know what I mean? Like, because he can put yeah. you two turns going that way and you'll fly off. Or you have to suddenly play really smart around rocks because now you're going to get, I mean, much like Tractor Beam kind of changed the world, now you've got to deal with this too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, let's actually talk about this card vis-a-vis -vis the uh, other card they like captured tie. Yeah. Because um, I think they combo with each other. So captured tie, it's tie fighter only, rebel only. It's a modification slot, and what it does is is that enemy ships with the pilot skill that are lower than yours, they can't declare you as a target of the attack. And after you perform an attack, which or when you're the only friendly player left uh, on your squad, you discard it. That's outrageous. Um, so can't you just like fly in? Amp everybody, and call it a day. Absolutely. Yeah, like the downside of that is the only person that you could reliably not get shot is going to be uh, the PS7 pilot, and that captured tie and EMP puts you at 20 points for a ship that's not shooting for a while. What if you just work it up to PS12? That's true too. Yeah. You could do that. I now saw, you're I also bringing Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now you're throwing good you money. You've fallen that, into my yeah. trap card. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well played, sir. Uh, cool. Um, yeah, so do you guys think this capture card, it's like another, it's a new game mechanic. We've never seen it before. Um, are you in it? Do you think it's cool? I, def good. I definitely think that w w when you get down to it, any, the, the one thing I don't, so this is the idea that thematically that they're playing like they're a actual TIE fighter is, is like a transponder? Like, I don't necessarily follow... Yeah, your is. IFF doesn't ping properly. Sure. God damn, that's right. Um, I love it when you... Tyler, I love it when you talk Star Wars to me. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's specifically Star Wars, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you our captain again, Kelvin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've just been here the longest, Fry man. Frycook, why is the sensor system not working right? <laughs> <laughs> like... This is some sort of alternate reality. Like, I'm sorry that you guys had the darkest timeline, but we're here. <laughs> Anyways, um, I, I, so it's so it's a transponder code or something along those lines. That's pretty cool. Like, I think that's cool. Anything that makes me feel like the game is more Star Warsy in a 
I guess a good gameplay way, I'm I'm totally for. Yeah, they they found a good game mechanic to really show a a very rebel trait, which is hey, let's go capture something because we needed to sneak in someplace else or whatnot. Such as hey, we have this Tie Fighter and we want to deliver an EMP device. Like holy crap, I can totally build that now in a hundred point list if I want to go thematic. Well, it's also yeah, good like, too. Though. You can also do, you could do like a full, like if you're, you got that little kid who watches the Rebel show and you could do a full squad now with just Rebels characters with the introduction of Sabine's tie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like just like straight up. So speaking of thematic play and, you know, we're going to probably talk about this next week 2.0. We've actually, this podcast has been playing a ton of Heroes of the Antari cluster recently. And uh, we've been, we've been live casting that as part of the boiler room segment that, uh, Blair does. Um, you can find it over on Twitch. We'll put it in the show notes. Short story is that thematic play is really fun. Like we we did one the other day where like we were hiding out in an asteroid field, and you know our ships were powered down, and you know we actually lured the uh, Imperials into a asteroid field by capturing a uh, Lambda shuttle and turning on its beacon, its uh, you know health beacon. That we brought them in. Yeah, and then we just murderized them all, and it was super fun. Like that thematic X-wing play. I think is something that you don't really get so much with dogfight, um, but really captures the spirit of X-Wing, and I think it's a neat element that I wish Fantasy Flight would explore more. Yeah, I feel like they miss a, a pretty big market, too, just knowing, like, my local people and the local shops and whatnot. We have, like, well, I'll say two and a half uh, people out of my, like, area that like to travel and like to go play dogfight tournaments. Like, that's what we want to do. Everybody else is like, I want to put this cool-looking ship on the board and just go have fun and fly around and shoot, you know, push tiny pieces of plastic and shoot, make laser noises. Yeah, like, that's Captain, what they want. Captain so Ty is kind of for that crowd, right? It's going to be exactly. great. Yeah. Cool. All right, well, let's do uh, Captain Rex next. So this is a PS4 um, pilot. Has he, you guys ever heard of this cat? I've never heard of him. Is he in the, the TV show? He's in both of the computer animated shows. Yeah. So he's... He's a uh, old clone trooper. Oh, cool, man! I'm totally gonna get flamed by the um, Star Wars nerds now. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Don't don't hurt me. No, that's yeah, to be to be fair. A, I consider that deal. like something that I'm good at. But mm-hmm. all right. So his ability is after he performs an attack, he gets to assign the suppressive fire condition card to a defender. So another condition card, and um, whether you like it or not, here's what it does. When you're attacking a ship other than Captain Rex, you have to roll one fewer attack die. That's crazy. And when you, yeah, one fewer attack die. And then when you declare an attack against Captain Rex, or when he's destroyed, you get to remove the card. Um, at the end of the combat phase, if he did not shoot that round, if he didn't attack, then you also get to remove the card. But what, right, if what do you guys sh- think about this one? What, what if he shoots someone else though? It just says if he shoots. So can it he? Moves, so he can. It moves to whoever he's shooting at because he's yeah, like because he's because it yeah anytime he shoots they get the card and there can only be one of them out because it's unique it has the ah there it is okay yep. sorry I, I was wondering what made it like you could like you couldn't just apply you can't that everyone yeah yeah that that effect is just everywhere okay that makes that makes everything better thank you um yeah so does he pair with Biggs because absolutely yeah. Well, or cannon, or cannon. cannon. Like, yeah, cannon. oh, here you don't yeah. shoot. Oh, you're in a you're in a two attack dice ship. You can't roll dice anymore. Have mm-hmm. fun. Wow. So there's like a Kanan Biggs, um, 
fucking reckless. Yeah. Yeah. It starts oh. getting really point strapped, but yes. He certainly cool. like I I think that that's cool and that's certainly not been there yet. It's when when you think about you know how how ships fly definitely you have the ability to sort of prevent damage onto other people if you just lay fire to an area and that hasn't other than bigs that really hasn't been explored. I guess in um a tactical jammer, right? No, no, what was it? Target jammer. What is the large yeah, ship? Tactical jammer. Tactical jammer. Tactical jammer. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah cool. I, I think uh, I think Rex is like the star. Rex is definitely the star for me because he just he's so cheap and his ability is so disruptive that it's like, all right, I'm in. Mm-hmm. I no. I like the theme of the ability. I hate how they implemented it. What about the implementation bothers you? <clears throat> uh, it's. More, I mean, this kind of goes back to the X-wing 2.0 side of thing. It's like more stuff that's going to be thrown on the board. So now we have these condition cards that are going to be laid out as well. That you're yeah. going to have to know what all they do. And realistic on the flip side of it, not only am I going to have to know what to expect from it, but if I play this card, just like Crackshot for the last year, the number of people I'm going to have to make sure to explain how this card works before we start the game is not like any other abilities, right? It's not like I'm Wedge and no, you just roll one fewer green die. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's not like you're. you're three not paragraphs. Just fly- read these. Yeah. You're not just flying around and shooting anymore, right? You're also right. there's other mini games that are being baked I'm, into the system. I'm rules lawyering and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, David, you're gonna say something? Uh, no, no, that's it. All right, cool. Let's keep going to Ashoka. Ashoka. Ashoka Tano. So, uh, David, you want to tell us what this person? So. Creature? thing does i should know this who is ashoka tana are you kidding me uh, so uh, I, she, is she the one that i'm sorry guys i'm a, I'm a parant like <laughs> so, so make your kid watch the show she's not ready like the violence scares her she's still too yeah. young ahsoka tano was uh anakin skywalker's padawan oh right right i remember her okay cool she was in clone wars yes and she is in rebels also so mm-hmm. um so her uh, her pilot card is she's PS seven, uh, seventeen points, and her ability is uh, at the start of the combat phase you may spend one focus token to choose a friendly ship at range one, and that ship may perform one free action, and she does have an EPT. Cool. So what do you think of her? Uh, I think it's a good support craft. Um. We were throwing around some, uh, some like really funny ideas where she's the rebel pocket ace. If you throw Finn on her and Lone Wolf, you can get some really, um, a really annoying Tie Fighter that's throwing three or four dice and on attack and four or five dice on defense. So, so. I have a question, and, and this is what I don't understand. As far as an ability. I don't see her. I don't see her ability as actually being that great. Is it just because she's a PS7 Tie Fighter? Because to me, she just reads as a more restricted Aaron Kraken. I think. I think it's a it's a move that has been that FFG's been doing a little bit. Uh, some things are breaking it, but that the higher PS pilots are getting not as good abilities. As some of their lower pilots. 
a big thing to to if you want to compare to Kraken is Kraken has to shoot something. Oshaka doesn't. So if you want to build a, a combo like uh, like a, a combo deck or combo 100 point list you can vi her and put capture tie on her and now nobody that is not ps10 can shoot her and she can hand out extra actions at the start of combat which can give people like uh all your aces jake jake for example push the limit level mobility and you can't break it if you have a ps9 ace uh you can you can shoot at her or yeah Yeah. sure anybody ps8 or lower can't shoot her yeah until you decide you actually want to shoot I think the other thing is that now that Vector Thrusters is in the game, everyone can do the Jake trick of you know, getting past the action by her barrel rolling back and then procking off the barrel roll to push to you know yep. blow your face off. Yeah. So that's that's very key because of where Kraken is. Okay, I'm in a Z95 and I have to get a shot on somebody. That means I'm getting shot back and trying to get somebody. Like if I mean, imagine you flying against Triple Ace, right? How how easy is it to get out of Kraken's fire arc with three aces, right? He's just going to sit there not doing much of anything. She's just still going to float around, passing actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, All right, cool. So that was the whole preview. There was one uh, one other card. We did get a new crew. Am I, am I wrong? We got Captain Rex, actually, as a crew. And he, did, and he does have the... He's a crew member for two points, and he gets the ability... To after you perform an attack that doesn't hit, you can assign a focus token to your ship for two points, which isn't unuseful in the rebel, you know, focus economy. Mm-hmm. Useful with yeah. like a gunner, gunner rebel. Yeah, but then you just bring Luke. Yeah, that's true. So well, it's ah. the same points either way, right? Blair, do you see yeah, any good the... spots for this uh, card? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Blair, Blair doesn't use upgrade cards. What are, what are you talking about? I guess it's a little better than Luke because you get a focus token. Right, not the single Instead focus. Of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Eh. And realistically, the like it's it's better in the sense that um, you have that token to save after the fact if you don't need it for something like if you don't need it on the roll or it can be used either for defense or all the other shenanigans that rebels can do like passing tokens that kind of stuff mm-hmm. yeah. or maybe maybe on like a tlt carrier it could be useful just to juice up that sure. second tlt shot in case you what like has crew ghost. and can, yeah is it a, a ghost, ghost only yeah and the hawk no, yeah, yeah, baby. I forgot the hawk. <laughs> All right. Oh, man, like Rex and the Moldy Crow, it's like, yeah, come on. There you go. Any, anytime you, is it once per turn when he misses, or is it every time he misses? Whenever, whenever you miss. I think it's whenever you miss. Yeah. Oh, man, no. Yeah, this it's is, whenever this, you it's whenever After you form an attack that does not hit. Dude, you <laughs> throw that sucker on Miranda? Like, I'm going to kick down my attack value to gain a shield. Now I've got an extra focus for a focus target lock, three dice attack, oh. every... Or, Good call. Yeah, that's the combo. Like, Rex is great with Miranda. Like, Who is with Miranda? That's that's true. He's he's fighting he's fighting for some really good crew to get on Miranda, but mm-hmm. and everyone just that wants that wrong. Miranda ship. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's a badass, and she might be coming back, and maybe we should start talking about why yeah. she will. Uh, yeah, exactly. Go for it, exactly. Calvin. So one of the things that 
that definitely caused us to really want to. This is a major change. Pretty quickly in front of worlds, and we and we definitely want to make sure that we give very solid worlds coverage. But we had an FAQ. Um, what was it? Monday. It was Monday. Monday, right? And and it's very close to worlds, and we want to make sure that you're well aware of what sort of changes that you need to be aware of before the worlds tournament and. And, and so let's kind of jump into it. But so what major things were covered in the FAQ that we need to know about? Um, certainly, I think there were major changes to bigs. There were major changes to the heavy speak and cluster mines as well as the Deadeye crew. And I think the Deadeye crew certainly is the most... Uh, yeah, yeah, in the meta, so... Well, yeah, it certainly has got the most effect on the meta. So let's kind of jump into each of these changes. But let's start with Deadeye. Um, Blair, why don't you walk me through the Deadeye change? Uh, well, it's small ship only, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of want to jump into the meat of it, though, right? Like, so small ship only, so that absolutely affects the u-boat uh ship right that's, uh, that's pretty much the ship yeah and my homing missile uh boba got screwed <laughs> <laughs> so i mean uh, the long and the short is u-boats can no longer use deadeye to fire at ps3 against any ship that they can see simultaneously not a not able to use the r4 that was at the R4, overclocked R4, right? Overclocked R4. Yeah, so they're not able to use either one of those uh, abilities together. And what is the U-boat dead? Like, I know we're going to jump into the, the meta in general, but uh, is, is, does this kind of sort of signal the end of the, of the U-boat? No. Okay, why not? Uh, so two reasons. One, Dengar is still out there. Um, well, Dengar's uh, not a U-boat. He's a Jump Blaster 5K. Yeah. Like, this isn't, this isn't a torpedo scout. All right, so, okay, so you're talking about, I thought you were talking about the ship itself. You mean the PS3 contract is Is the torpedo scout dead? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's not able to shoot in the opening exchange anymore. Like, you're going to have to wait a turn while everyone else comes forward and then move forward, get your target lock, and hope they don't get range one of you. Like, it now suffers all of the problems every ordnance carrier that's been PS crap has ever suffered from. Mm -hmm. You, yeah, you could argue that you could uh, bring, now you could bring R4 Astromech and then get your target lock and use the ordnance on the next turn. But even then, yeah. it's way, way, way less powerful and way less detrimental uh yeah, to your like, opponent. So you're, like, you're no longer seeing a giant swath of area that you just can't fly I, ships I, into. I don't think it's. I don't think it's crazy to say that that is going to absolutely have a giant effect on the meta. And I certainly yeah, want, huge. Yeah, I certainly. Oh. We're going to jump into that here in a short bit. I do want to jump into some of the other changes. Um, I I don't know if you guys can see on the scanner the giant blip, what seems half a galaxy away. But that is Sable Griffin dancing because there was a change to cluster mines. So 
the change to cluster mines was instead of it just being hit results, it is now hit and crit results when it deals its damage. So what Perfect. is that? Yeah, yeah. What is to, to me? That's like yay. That's that's what it should have been. But uh, so what does that actually mean for cluster mines? It's a twelve and a half percent increased chance of damage. That's per die. That's what's up. Like, and that's a ton yeah. of damage potentially. Yeah. Well, it yeah, because each cluster is dropping possible six, right? Yeah, it is completely comparable to prox mines now. Yeah. While prox mines can crit, you can just throw tons of damage out with a cluster mine if you could plop that on somebody or have like plop all three right in front of a fleeing Sunterfell. It's just yep. like, whoop. Super good. So, do these become the default bomb, or is that still Connor? That because I do believe it's Connor. Still Connor. I, I think, it's still Connor. Because I do believe Connor is the default bomb, even still. It, in a world of palp bases and defender or palp defenders, like great, you're gonna roll some dice at them, and you might kill them. Uh, lists don't win on might doing things. They win on absolutely doing things, and absolutely ioning them and doing one damage is pretty good. Yeah. All right. That ion, the ion loss of action, and and the uh, damage is just too good to give up for Connernet. So they definitely altered the heavy skit title. They basically, this is sort of interesting in that this is. To me, the this is some of the most, I guess, of all of these changes. Well, we'll get into the nature of these changes here in a second. But uh, all right, so the, they added a hole value to the heavy skick title. It just now adds a hole for the same amount of points. Is there a go-to heavy sick now that you can think of a combo, or is it just these are just going to suck a little bit less? It, uh, they went from they went from unusable to bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're so, definitely not as good, but I think they'll be funner. Like, take like you know four of these guys with Mind Link and um, you know Mangler Cannon. You know, it's a fun. It'll be a fun list to plot. Oh, oh! If you want a fun list, Lyle, you take four of them and you slap Auto Blaster Cannons on them and you give them Fearlessness. Oh, oh that man, that, that good. list. Oh, it's Jesus so Christ. good. And it just got better. I was yeah. doing that before they got better, and it was fun. Oh, my uh, God. Okay, I want to go do that, like, right now. So good. They can actually joust a crack swarm. Like, think about that for a second. Like, four of the worst scum ship absolutely can go up against a crack swarm and possibly kill them before they shoot. My God. All right, so there was a major change to Big's Dark Lighter. Can someone clearly explain what the difference I, is now? I can, because I actually got the email from Frank. Oh, God, okay. <laughs> it's still being questioned, but... I don't understand. Okay, anyway. <laughs> okay, so, Biggs, uh, the change is that if you choose a weapon that cannot target Biggs, Biggs' ability does not apply. So, right, so he cannot... Before, he could force you to use a weapon that you didn't want to use. If you could hit him, if you could attack him, then you had to, no matter what was equipped on your ship. Now, because of the timing chart was elucidated, you have to choose your weapon first, and then choose your target. So, if you choose a weapon that can't target bigs, you don't have to shoot bigs. 
and that's the change. How does that uh, work in conjunction with torpedoes or missiles? So this is the point of contention. Uh, if you have, so let's say Biggs and, I don't know, Miranda are flying next to each other, or Biggs and your Ark, because everybody seems to fly Biggs with Arcs now. So Biggs and Nora are flying around, and you target lock Nora. You have a proton torpedo, and so you choose proton torpedo to shoot. You see that you only have the target lock on Nora. That's your only viable target with proton torpedo. You wave to Biggs as you fire the tor proton torpedoes right into Nora's face. And you just ignore his ability, because you picked a weapon that can't hit him. Woohoo! Oh. So that's that's the rub that people are questioning about, and that's the the email you were talking about. Is bef before the the idea behind this was, if you were wanting to shoot that torpedo out the front of a K wing and Biggs happened to be outside your primary arc, you would be required to use the turret and shoot your crappier gun at Biggs, mm -hmm, not right. whoever you had target locked that wasn't in his arc. Much like anybody else can, you can kind of jockey Biggs's arc, arc, so you don't have to shoot him. So that that made a lot of sense. Like that was that was a good change. Like hooray that. <laughs> Biggs is not the, super powerful and the best ability in the game. Still is. Yeah. But... So what do you guys think right. about the the conspiracy theory that this is them prepping, um, something great for the rebels, and that they needed to nerf Biggs a little to make sure that, you know, they were setting up so, the runway properly for uh, something good for for the good guys. Because Empire and Scum non-Deadeye-based ordinance lists have ever existed. Right, and I think the idea is that, like, let's say they were, were released an X-Wing title, or like a, a dramatic improvement to the X-Wing, that they had to nerf Biggs first. This is what Kelvin's been talking about for a long time, that Biggs has a warping effect on the design space, and by nerfing him in this way, they can make room for kind of more rebel design. I 100% agree with that. I'm just saying Biggs didn't really get nerfed that much. It wasn't that. The only it certainly it's like, worse. It's better than nothing, at least. Yeah, I mean, so the only way to really, really avoid bigs now is like long-range scanners. Yeah. And then, um, I don't know, uh, being higher PS than the thing you want to target lock, which is has its own issues. So, really. If Ordnance is the counter to Biggs, who didn't really have a counter before, fine. That's right. That yeah, doesn't, fine, like, that doesn't do anything because it's... It's uh, Punisher meta coming to you shortly. Yeah, right. So, I, I kind of want... We, we, that's, that's for the most part. Is there anything that we're seriously missing when it comes to the FAQ that you really need to know about? I'm just curious if I'm missing something. Uh, there was some kerfuffle about Wingman and Kyle, but I don't know anybody who runs that, so, man. <laughs> yeah, I, sure. I, like, I mean, that's, it's cute. I, like, okay. You might see it now? I don't know. I don't know. Alright, so, let's jump into how this affects the tournament in... At this point, is it two weeks yet, or is it still... Is it a little bit more than two weeks? Two and a half weeks. No, two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah. So this is is flight one. World starts in less than two weeks, but most of you guys won't be showing up for the uh, things like Netrunner. So we've got a FAQ that 
eliminated contracted scouts less than two in, weeks. In, in, in a torpedo based variety, I still think bump masters are good. Bump masters are good. I've, I've played so one of those stinker. before. I think they're really. I think that they're one of the more fun ships to play. For sure, but so so we've got two weeks to kind of figure out what the hell is going on with X-Wings. For starters, why did they release this, you know, two weeks before Worlds? I mean, to me, that sounds really crazy to absolutely just rip out the meta right before. I, I kind of... To be fair, I am thinking about it, and I kind of like a little bit of it, but on the flip side, if you've been seriously practicing something, and it just, all of that work has been removed, that seems a little unfair. Um, why do you think they did this? I'll hazard a guess. I think that the Jumpmaster, I mean, if you look at the European results, it's been doing really well in Europe, and I think... You know, maybe in the U.S. it did die down. If you look at Worlds, there wasn't a lot of them there. But maybe that's just because the, in the U.S. everyone wanted to play with their new toys. The Europeans pretty much showed that that is an amazing list that can dominate. And it was having a huge warping effect on an, an entire part of the meta in terms of the Rebels, such that the only real Rebel list that was viable was, uh, you know, those big old ghost ships. Um, now it opens up a whole new space for the Rebel meta to come back. And I think they wanted to do that. They wanted to make it so that at Worlds, they'd see a Rebel meta that wasn't just Ghosts. I mean, obviously, Paul waved yeah. his dark magic and said, <laughs> hey, I need to be able to fly Rebels. Go do something, Frank. And they were like, okay, sure, we'll just nerf the, the, the Torp Scouts. Everyone was like, oh, yeah, obviously, that's how this, that's, that's how this works. Yep. Yeah, so, but my question is, what the hell took them so long? I mean, we've known this is an issue for months and months. I, I mean, so... I, I guess I have a problem with the the idea that it's an issue, right? Like, Torp Scouts were this great list in the sense that it was very powerful, and yes, it did knock certain things out of the meta, but so has stuff the entirety of the game, right? Like, uh, you come okay, Tyson, player. Magic. Okay, <laughs> come on, Tyler. That, that, that you wasn't like viable for you, you. Eat that stuff alive, man. That's your bread. But sure, that's fair. Okay, that be that as it may. Uh, what I'm saying though is there was there's counterplay to that list type. Like, there are things you can do when you're building a list with Jump Masters in mind that are not just tailor the list to Jump Masters. Like, you can work in people that can block them, which are good for everything else. You can work in people like Jax or Wes Jensen that take their tokens away. Like, there was that, there was that cool dynamic. So while it was a very high-tier list and very powerful, like, there was stuff you could do about it. You know what I mean? Like, so that's, that's the frustrating side of the game, where it's like, okay, I can learn to beat this list. I can learn to play around it. Crap. Now they're just going to take that away. So mm -hmm. I want to kind of talk about the idea of, you know, prep before two weeks. Certainly, um, it's been raised, and, and I definitely want to talk about it when it comes to the idea of who knew, how many people that are good at X-Wing knew this was coming before um, it was announced two weeks before before the Worlds, right? And I, I do think that it's an important subject to breach. There are, you know, I'll, I'll say that there are plenty, I don't think it's outrageous to say that there are plenty of playtesters who knew about this change months in advance 
and or likely months in advance and that does i think how do we think that that benefits them i guess um i think certainly it benefits them but how much does that benefit them compared to your average player and even your average good player well first allegedly ricky this is what uh we don't know this for a fact and we just to cover our asses we didn't hear this from any of the play testers on our podcast this is conjecture Uh, yes it's all allegedly um but uh, yeah supposedly the play testers were told like six eight weeks ago stop playing with torpedo boats so uh, that's a huge advantage not only because you know you can't run that now but you also know you don't have to worry about that being there and they announce they're not they're not allowed two and a half weeks before i mean you've basically got one maybe two tournaments now you can go play in to try to figure out what you're going to run and a lot of people have been running let me you go down the list, there's so many regionals and national tournaments that are won by at least one torpedo boat. So yeah. for them to announce it two and a half weeks before that was I was shocked. I wasn't so I wasn't terribly surprised they announced it, but man, how are you gonna do that? Particularly when you know in advance. I, I guess they waited so long to announce it because they wanted to do it with the FAQ. But I mean it raises an interesting question about what they care more about, the development of the game. Or having a competitive, uh, a fair competitive arena, but I, if that if this is true again, it's all conjecture. But uh, I'm not I'm not a fan of that. I have to say. I mean, and realistically too, like if we want to, like, we, granted, like you said, you know, as we, we we're all conjecturing and whatnot. Take the uh, take the podcast guys out of it first, or not the podcast, the the playtest guys out of it for a second. So we're not going to assume that they had advanced knowledge. So you have two and a half weeks before you're going into a major event. Not everybody has the same amount of time that they can put into practice over yeah. a short period of time. Yeah. So, like your Joe Schmo that has two kids and a job that one mm-hmm. is like you know has taken vacation, he's spending money to come to Worlds, and has been practicing for the last six months, going to various tournaments when he has time, getting games in on you know on online when he's you know when the kids are to bed or whatever. Like and playing triple what if he doesn't have? Yeah. Well, no, not even necessarily flying triple scout but has been flying around it has been practicing and been putting time into the fact that i'm gonna have to face this style of a list or this just ship in general and now you give him what what he has two nights maybe if he only gets to play one night a week that he gets to play not that that he's now got to put time and effort into trying to plan around that like that's that's just kind of a, yeah. a shitty and feeling then, to go. and then you got to analyze the meta on top of that just yeah, sure start, okay now you gotta start thinking okay well, what's gonna be there because they're not gonna be there everything that was scared of them is gonna come back Oh man. Well, and it's so. and it's what things that we're scared of them are coming back, right? Yeah. Like you I mean there's lots of stuff that now suddenly go like, "Hey, I want to be played again." Like mm-hmm. Rebel Swarms, Rebel Control, like Rebel everything, which is the re- the written reason why they did this was mm-hmm. because rebels were being too harshly pro- prosecuted, I guess if you will, uh persecuted uh by the uh by the tort boats. Okay, fine. They come roaring back. What does that mean for everybody else and who plays what? Like Stress hog. So, so sure, I, but like, I, does the stress hog show up? Tyler, like, or is it going to be the other? Tyler, I feel like that was almost on purpose that you said that <laughs> because we completely agree at the podcast 
you don't have enough time to figure out what the hell is going to happen at Worlds. It's okay. We're here for you. The scum loves you, and we're happy to help. And we decided that we were going to cover the meta of Worlds in the sense of what we think will be there, what we think will be strong there, and what we th and, and, and what I don't necessarily think it's what we think is going to win Worlds, but certainly what we think you'll see at Worlds. So, I mean, if it's going to be something that is going to be a problem for people, I think that it's on us to help where we can, right? Absolutely. Yep. So we're the podcast that gives back. Yeah, yeah, we give, <laughs> we give, we got to give the people, give the people what they want. Um. Anyways, let's jump into this. So, let's jump into worlds and what potentially we will see at worlds and. The scouts are gone, and as uh, Lyle, you mentioned that it brings in a ton of rebels, right? It should, yeah. We should see regen come back. We should see control come back. You should see stuff like you know four BZ come back. Basically, everything that was getting nuked by those scouts before it got to shoot, you know, kind of Blair Bunky type list, right? So Blair, um, maybe it was Blair you, that paid him off. I've been blaming Paul the whole time. Yeah, except he's not <laughs> going to Worlds. That's what he wants you to think. <laughs> yeah, I would show up with a I, mustache. I like that. that would be the best thing. <laughs> that would like. I'm Raul. <laughs> so, so let's. If Rebel Region comes back and all of those sort of Rebel Control, Rebel Region kind of comes back, and you start to see, for certain, you see the Stress Hog as well as the TLT sort of come back. What, what sort of lists are good against that? So let, let's paint the picture, right? Sure. You walk into Worlds day one, what are you going to see? Like you set your, what are you, you going to bring into Worlds and when you set your list down, you look around uh, the 200 and some other people that are in your flight, what do you expect to see on the table? Palp Aces, Palp Defenders, <laughs> and Rebel Regen, and um, oh, jump masters are gone. Dengaroo. <laughs> so those things. So we decided that we wanted to build a. Uh, I, I, this is kind of silly because, you know, I tend to like actually respect tier lists when I, you know, look at you know video games and stuff. But certainly in in. In honor of looking at tier lists for video games online and games in general, we sort of wanted to build a list of what we think will be good and why we think it'll be good and certainly sort of group them into best, better, you know, like what into what we think is the strongest in the meta. And we'll be using some of the definitions for for, you know, those tier lists, if, if you're familiar with video games and all that. So let's jump into it. This is the Scum and Villainies end-all, be-all tier list of what we think will be good at Worlds in uh, for 2016. So let's jump into, you know, what is what sort of lists are we, are we looking at? Um, traditionally, there are, I mean, Tyler, I think you've got a good handle on this when it comes to the tiers of 
video games. Um, I know that you you played. Uh, you were almost uh, you were almost a pro low player, weren't you? Oh, I was far from a pro, but I played in a lot of like local local competitions, that kind of stuff. So I was uh, I was good enough to realize how bad at the game I was. I'll put it that way. <laughs> so let's so let's talk about tier lists when it comes to video games and what our definition is when we kind of look into that. Sure. Uh, so we're gonna have uh, S tier, which is the, the 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 best of the best, the cream of the crop. Uh, and in and in terms of X wing, that's the list that we feel like if they're gonna show up at a, at a uh, at a tournament such as Worlds and be flown by a talented player, they have the best number of good matchups and the least number of bad matchups. So typically, what that'll mean is even their bad matchups are like a 60-40 bad matchup or a 50-50, it's just a push matchup. And their good matchups are we win hard. Like, you put down something, and it's probably not going to be able to beat us. Uh, there's generally very few of those. Those are the defining lists. Um, then you follow that with Tier 1, 2, 3, 4, that kind of thing. Uh, generally, I like to slip Tier Fun in there between 2 and 3. That's where you start getting the, the gimmicky stuff that you just decide you want to have fun with. But uh, Tier 1 is still something that is very strong. Um, it's still going to perform, and you put that in the hands of someone that is really, really good with those style of ships or with um, uh, in performing in that 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 method. Uh, it still absolutely has a shot to win. Uh, tier two is where you start getting into the point where it's like this could win, like it's not out of the realm of possibility, but I would not bet on it. It's a very, very low percentage chance. And then below tier two is we don't really need to worry about it. So yeah, I do want to bring this up. Um... At, at any point when we're discussing this, it, I think it is definitely important to mention some of those Tier 3 matchups and why they're important and why they might affect the meta. And But we do need to point out when, when that comes out why it's a Tier 3 list and not a Tier 2 or a Tier 1. Also, um, we don't want to go into every single one of those, but it's certainly... Even something that we don't consider smart, we're not the end-all, be-all when it comes to this, but we're not you know, bad at X-Wing for any, in, any measure. And um, even a Tier 3 list can win Worlds when it comes to the right player and the right matchups. But Yeah, that's that's the big thing, is the difference between Tier 1, like Tier S and Tier 1 compared to Tier 2 and Tier 3 are Tier S and Tier 1 lists are absolutely going to be represented in the top cuts. Mm-hmm. Tier 2 and Tier 3 can be represented, but a large portion of that is going to be heavily dependent on what they get matched against. So you bringing a list like that, you're going, I'm praying I don't see X, Y, or Z, and if I don't, I'm going to do really, really well. If I do, I'm just not making the cut. That's how it's going to work. So when we... Yeah. We're... And so uh, oh, one quick point, Ricky. Um, before we go on, I just wanted to say that the data scientist in me... Um, you know, would love to see a tool that would basically enable people to vote on, like, for example, you would just do head-to-head matchups, two lists, and they would be like, I think this list is going to win, you know, 100% of the time. That would be a very strong line, and say this list versus that list will be a push. Um, so, for example, Crack Swarm versus uh, um, Triple Scouts, um, I think the Crack Swarm's got the advantage there. Um, probably 70-30, maybe. That sounds um, right. And then what you could do is you could then crowdsource taking in all the input and having everyone weigh in on what they thought the kind of rock, paper, scissor, Spock uh, relationships are between all the lists. And in the end, you're going to get kind of a pyramid where you're going to have a couple lists at the very top that, like Tyler was saying, have the, you know, the best possible matchups and the least bad matchups going all the way down to the, you know, the list that have really bad matchups. 
and then you could put that on time series and say, well, look, Fat Hand in Jake, you know, two seasons ago was a top tier list, but the following three types of uh, lists entered the meta and pushed it down. And so we did not do that here at the Common Villainy Podcast. Um, although <laughs> maybe that could be a stretch goal that we uh, bake into it. Um, it's, it's not really hard software to write. We've already got most of the details in List Juggler. Um, but uh, we basically did this by kind of looking at all the lists, scratching our heads, and taking guesses. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's very true. So one thing I want you guys to think about when we're covering this is what you think we're missing. And feel free to bring that up, if you will, because certainly, you know, I'm not perfect. You know, Lyle's not perfect. Tyler's not perfect. Blair, we know, is perfect. Uh, so he's pretty damn close, <laughs> but he's not going, so it doesn't count. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It'll be like the giant, like uh, you know, red flag of the whole tournament that Blair didn't play. Um, anyways, uh, certainly we have pet projects that we um, feel are stronger or underrepresented, and when those come up, feel free to flag them and tell me, you know, look, this shouldn't be tier one. This should be tier. Too, or in, on, on the opposite, we are completely overvaluing this list. We should bring that down. And so if you have a list that you really do feel strongly about, feel free to point that out because, you know, obviously this isn't um, the final arbiter, but we do believe this is has some basis in reality. Anyways, so let's kind of jump into this. Um, we, we do want to classify uh, a couple of uh, lists just because certain lists sort of play in together and they are an archetype and the two archetypes that we do want to break down just a little bit are palpaces and the swarm and because i feel like you've got a, a lot of experience you know flying palpaces lyle why don't you break break down some of the different archetypes of the palpaces yeah sure thing so um there's probably five or six different archetypes. You can break them probably into two groups. The one group is three-ship palpaces, and the other group is four-ship. So um, right there at the top of the palpaces piles, what people call the Howard aces. And um, basically, this is really kind of like, obviously, you're going to start with Palpatine, but who do you pair with Palpatine? So with the Howard aces, you got Sunter and Inquisitor. So that was named after the uh, brothers Duncan and Jeremy Howard. Yeah, friends of the has, show. Uh, uh, we interviewed yeah. them, right? We, we've had them on the cast. Go check it out. They talk about this list. Um, although they didn't they didn't tell us how to beat it. They were remarkably sanguine <laughs> about when we asked them that question. But... <laughs> yeah. well, I, I, see, I seem to remember, uh, Lyle, you, you, you have experience with that, right? Yeah, so I've beaten Howard with Palpaces, and it's actually with um, another – Palpaces variant, the Imperial A-Holes, um, which actually tends to prey on the Palpaces list, but I'll get to that in a bit. Um, so the next big one is the Minoc Palpaces list. That's with Whisper and Omega Leader. Um, and you've actually got more points to spend on your uh, your shuttle. You can upgrade them to Yor, for example, which is really nice. Um, third variant is the Commonwealth Aces. So it's called Commonwealth because it's two defenders, usually Riot and Vessery, uh, with Palpatine, and it won Australian Nationals, and it won Canadian Nationals, so that's why we call it Commonwealth Defenders. Um, you got a traditional uh, Palpaces list with Vader and Sunter, 
Um, and you're going to get some new pal bases list now that Quick Draw is in the mix because um, I think Quick Draw is legitimate third choice for the uh, the pal base. And um, I don't know, those are the, the big three that I can think about. Do you guys know any top three or rather three ship pal bases list that I've missed? I mean, there's uh, I feel like those are the the hallmark ones. I mean, there's a whole bunch of them after that, right? Where people just want to shoehorn in their favorite ace instead. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you're kind of on to the four-ship Palpaces, and really a lot of this is kind of who do you pair with Wampa, because Palpatine and Wampa play really well together. And, um, you know, you could go down the A-holes route like I did and add Omega and Karner Leader. Um, but there's some other places you can go. You can go, uh, sorry, Omega Leader and Inquisitor is also a good variant um, that people did quite well with last year. Um, but I'm not sure if there's any, like, I think three-ship Palpaces is really the kind of gold standard for, for this type of list. Yeah, I agree. So there you go, Ricky. Cal faces in a nutshell. Kelvin, are you doing glitter stim again? He's glittering. Yeah, that's happening. Uh, um, so let's talk swarms then, because we think that's the other major type of, um, or really thing that can be broken down into sub variants. So Tyler, sure. you're the you're the swarm guy. Can you walk us through? It? Uh, I still don't know how this happened, but yeah, I uh, I left defenders and just married a swarm. Uh, so. <laughs> the, I, the big the big swarms that I feel like we're uh, going to be talking about these are crack swarms specifically, um, as they they fell out or they 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 fall out to about five and uh, I actually asked PC on one of them as well because he flew one of these a lot. Um, so you have the two traditional crack swarms, which one is all Tie Fighters, uh, so like three Blacks, Howl Runner, Mithil, and Scourge. Uh, everybody with cracks, so you get six crack shots. Uh, and then there's the uh, the variant that I fly that uh, drops Mithil and Scourge and brings in some Omega Squad pilots and the uh, TIE FOs to, to keep all the grunts at PS4. Uh, still six crack shots across the board. Um, both of those very, very high damage output um, uh, have, have won some some uh, regionals and the like, done done pretty well and other stuff like that. Uh, the next... Um, yeah, Crack Swarm always seems to place... always makes the cut. Yeah, just, it's... It just... It's just a really strong list that is just <laughs> Or you solid. can be like me at Hoth and just miss. <laughs> but yes, uh, it's uh, it's really powerful. Uh, the next variant of the Crack Swarm is the Patty Swarm. Uh, so it drops the two ace potential, either Mythal or Scourge or the Omega Squadrons, and brings three Academy pilots. So it kicks it back up to the old school seven TIE Swarm standard uh, with the sacrifice of two Crack Shots and three the two ships that are firing above PS4. It's actually not as big of a deal anymore with the contracted scouts being down because you don't need to alpha them off the board. Uh, the other really nice thing it does is it, it protects you from uh, uh, getting blocked at your PS4. Your PS1 guys can move in and set up an area to where you can fly in behind them, and it's very hard to get blockers past that front line. Uh, so that's a really cool adaptation. Uh, it's called the Patty Swarm because the, that was the, the guy's name that uh, won, I think, a national over in Europe somewhere with it. Yep. Uh, so it does really well. Uh, then there's uh, um, Ricky's favorite variant, which is the Rebel Crack Swarm or the Chihuahua Swarm. Hell which five, yeah! Five green squadrons <laughs> with crack adaptability and auto structure. Five freaking uh, A-wings! Which, five! humorously enough, is uh that's totally can like once with tort boats leaving and um more zero point EPTs coming up, that list looks like it gets a lot better with trick shot. The, oh yeah. There is a lot of trick shot is insane. Right. 
Uh, and then the uh, the one I like to call the hipster swarm or crack swarm is where you go all aces and you drop down to five ships. Um, yep. And PC, weren't you messing with that for a while? Yeah, I actually ran that list uh, during my store championship uh, run during the store championship season and regionals, the one regional that I went to, and it got uh, top eight. Uh, won a store championship, and then top eight at a regional. And what it was was um, I it, it was born out of the crack swarm and my hatred for Dash. And so what I thought <laughs> was I need to bring Omega Leader because nobody runs Omega Leader. And this was like right when it came out. And so uh, I shaved enough points and then found out that I got... I had to have uh, I had enough points for a Zeta leader, so I had Omega leader, Zeta leader, How runner, and then a um, an Omega uh, Omega with crack shot. Omega squad. And then yeah, Omega squad pilot. And then there is a fi there's 15 points left, and I had I didn't have enough crack shots, so I put Wampa in. And so this and the initiative weird, bid and an initiative bid. And so it's this weird, like, hybrid, uh, it's this weird hybrid tie swarm that, like, functions like a, uh, functions like a crack swarm. It kicks almost as hard as a crack swarm. Uh, has one fewer attack die because of Zeta Leader. And has, has three different endgame ships. So when you go against it, there's, like, no, there's a right answer of what you should shoot first. But eventually, you're going to end up in a scenario where either Omega Leader or Zeta Leader is left, and both of those ships. Can That's the worst close. case scenario. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that is so, exactly what you don't want to shoot. Like you don't want to right. Lose but last. meanwhile, you got yeah. Meanwhile, you got How Runner boosting everybody, so you got to kill her first, and then so it's just a really, it's a really bizarre, fun swarm. I don't think you're going to see much of it. I'm. We are much more likely going to see uh, the first, the ones, the middle scourge, and the uh, yeah. It's very rarely you're going to see the five named Tie Fighter Crack Swarm, but it is. It it just like it's like half palp aces, half swarm. It's this weird. I do I do want to give uh, uh, our our boy Sable Griffin some love in that I do think that last winter tonight. To, it deserves a, 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 at least its place in uh, the swarm breakdown. Dude, he went twelve and zero at a regional with that list. Yeah, like that is a really good swarm. Yeah, yep. is that the is that the one with uh, no how runner? It's it's, oh. it's yeah no how runner. Yeah, it's four blacks with crack wampa and then on the full fully kitted omega leader. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that's a really good list. And it doesn't fly like a normal swarm because you can just like crack it open and. You can. Uh, my the only thing I didn't like about it, and he beat me with it at nationals after I got a huge lead on him and then just threw it away, uh, is uh, it has a it's much more susceptible to variants than the other versions of the crack swarms. Oh yeah. So that is the downside of it, and literally that's what happened in the early game was he just rolled blanks. So like if you just roll blanks on that opening engage, then you have a huge hill to climb back. And Sable, being very good at the game, was able to climb back on skill versus a lot of other people aren't going to be able to fall back on that. 
So that actually is a really interesting transition because um, we did cover both pal bases and the swarm, and mm-hmm. those have like I guess the most interesting variants that you really need to cover when it comes to our build breakdowns. But let's jump into our actual tier list, and 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 in the end, while I'd like to build up for you know a half hour what's going to be the number one i kind of want to work off of the number one because it really informs the entire rest of the meta so let's jump into what we think is number one and i and the reason why i wanted to transition off of that is you're in your your points on variant sort of is where we differentiate our two uh, two lists that we think are the highest tier, the S tier. Um, both Palp, yeah. both Palp defenders and Jax defenders, we believe, are S tier. And Tyler, since you are a defender pilot, which one do you want to talk about? We'll talk about the other one. I feel uh, like you've earned this. So okay. Uh, so I mean, like I, uh, I mean, I'm I'm not the only person that went down this road, but I uh, with with my buddy Will that. Uh, drives with me and flies everywhere. Uh, he's he's run the Jax defenders, and I helped him build the list. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, this is what, and I was gonna run it too, and then I was unable to get any practice games in with it because of real life based events. So I just went back to crack because I've been flying that forever. Um, but it's a uh, it's a great list in the sense that it brings two awesome ships that are uh, um, Riot and Vessery, uh, both with Juke and X7. Uh, and it co- it combos that with the perfect juke combo of having Jax up up in people's face to take tokens away. Um, it does really good again. Well, it did really great against Jumpmasters because you can take their focus away and and they can't proc uh, die. But it also preys on most palp bases lists, including palp defenders, because they all rely on token stacking and Jax takes that away, and then you have heavy heavy hitting defenders just killing them. Where it suffers is just like I talked about with the uh, with Sable's uh, swarm. You don't have the insurance policy of Palpatine to keep the the dice skewed in the direction you want. So if you have a bad round or a couple of bad rounds, because they are defenders, they generally live longer, uh, you can get put in a hole. And then trying to come back from that hole is really bad. Yeah, and it's Jax falling apart that you got to worry about, right? The defenders sure. can shrug off some bad rolls, but Jax is going to yep. be dead in one round. Yeah, Lyle, I know that yeah. you've played, you sure. played both... Lo- you played both... Uh, both. Carner Jacks and Defenders a lot. What are your kind of thoughts on that? I mean, really, you've played a bunch of games on that, right? Yeah, I've got about 20 games under my belt with um, Jacks and a Glaive and uh, Ryad. Um, I think the probably the better list, I mean, is like Tyler said, it's with uh, Vessery. But... So did you keep the one-point initiative, or did you have Ryad at PTL? No, actually, I, I spent the point and put a um, Mark II Engines on um, uh, Jax. Jax. Yep. Sure, for the three banks? Yeah, the three banks is huge with him. Um, it's really nice. That was a suggestion that Blair gave yep. to me for that list. Totally. totally uh, I, I see that relevance completely. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, you know, it's like Blair said, or like Tyler said, it's, it's, it's hard to kill. Those space cockroaches are annoying. Like you just take so long to, to bring them down, and Jax can warp the whole game on his own, and so I agree with him with the assertion that it should prey on palp defenders as well as palp bases. Um, 
And so, I mean, I hate to say it because I like this list and it's a candidate for me for Worlds. So um, putting it here at the top is, I've got mixed feelings about it, but I think you're right. It's definitely an S tier list. Well, in, in and the reason behind that too is like when you place these at S tier lists is the things that you think are going to show up, which are your palp bases, your palp defenders, and your swarms, right? Like you, some people are going to fly swarms, people are going to fly rebel swarms now, that kind of stuff. Um, Jax is just a monster against those things, right? Like here, let me take all of the tokens that you can do away with a Tie Fighter. Like you don't get actions anymore if I'm close to you. So I, oh, and you're trying to hit me with a crappy gun. So I kind of want to bring in the other list because, of course, these two sort of really go together. It's sort of a to taste. But the other list that we've decided uh, that we've ranked as S tier is Palpatine Defenders. So what is the difference between between Palp Defenders and, Pal and, and Jax Defenders? I think it's like Tyler said. You get the, um, you can hide under Palpatine's skirts mm -hmm. and minimize the kind of variance that happens with those dice i mean we saw you know we should put this in the link in the show notes but the, the finals of the australian national championships featured palp bases versus palp defenders um and a lot of people thought that that should be an easy matchup for the aces but it's not um and if you go watch that game you'll see why um but short story is those those defenders can move so quickly they can they can get big firing arcs on the aces um be, and with the k turn they can do it uh you know with focus and and target lock or focus and evade um and so it's really hard for them to to go up against it and that's i think some people were surprised by that i mean tyler you saw someone wrote into us and they what was the point you made on the on our uh, slack channel the other day about this matchup i don't know <laughs> So, okay, so, so uh, uh, I mean, well, so the point I made on that matchup was uh, I don't know if this is what you're talking about was uh, that people were talking about how defenders are easy to fly, um, and it's this it's the sense that like they are very predictable in a like oh hey you've got a 4k turn like that's a really good move you should just 4k 4k turn a lot, but even with the 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 ease of that like you can't always deal with that. Right, like you can sit there and it's no worse feeling in the world than looking at a defender going, "Yeah, he's gonna four K turn, and I can't do anything about it." And my best option is to just bail out. At which point he's behind me, so now I K turn later, or you know what I mean? Like you can't do anything about that. So I don't know if that's what you're going for or not. Lyle. So, so the one thing that to me the difference, the the one thing that I think that we really want to point out when it comes to help defenders as opposed to jack defenders or even in a, even what is it the last one's inquisitor defenders if i think if i remember right no um no no because like you can't do that you don't have the points yeah okay Damn. well it's not even right but the big difference being between the two is help you have variants so you protect yourself from variants in an but you're based for, for the me that that the, that's i like to think of that in terms of like how many games would you potentially be playing to win even oh, to make the cut is what six games, right? Is it six uh, games still or more? Six, no, it's six games to day two, three games, and then three games cut to top eight and then three games. So over that entire time, Palpatine is going to be doing so much work for you yep. that and, and not to mention a Lambda shuttle has 10 hit points compared to three hit points for Jax. I mean, 
that really frightens the hell out of me with trying to get all the way to to win a world's championship you know it's a much more mentally exhausting list what you trade there is you trade that consistency and that mental exhaustion for the ability to have a better like you have three closers now like Palp Defenders has two closers. You have two defenders. Jax Defenders has three. Like, if Jax is the last person left on the board, oh no, you still have a PS8 awesome pilot with a great pilot ability. So, Blair, I know that you are a guy who likes to sort of rage against the meta, not to mention, um, certainly, I feel like you always make lists that point at the top. Why do you think that this is, you know, an ST? Why do you think these two lists... Um, Palp Defenders and Jax Defenders is sort of the top, and, and what sort of thought processes are you when it comes to coming at those style of lists? Blair? You there? Sorry, my mic was muted. That's okay. Uh... <laughs> Alex, I'm sorry! Uh... They're at the top because they're a massive pain in the ass to kill. That's why they're at the top. Uh, I mean, me and Dom were talking about it last night. We both played the uh, first season of Deep Core Blade basically was running like triple defenders like every single time. And we both had crack swarms when we played him. And we both killed a defender on the first turn of shooting. And basically traded like one tie for defender like... Okay, that's pretty sweet. And proceeded after that, we did like no damage. Yeah. Like never hit the him rest, again. Never again. I did like one point of damage the whole rest of the game. And you get into this thing where it's like they're K turning and they're getting focus evade, and you're K turning and you're getting nothing, and they're just picking you apart. And so, even with the crack storm that you can concentrate firepower, you know, eventually you got to break that crack storm up. And that's where they just start to prey on it. If you know, if you even if you're shooting them with like three ties, they're still just usually gonna just gonna shrug that off. So uh, they're amazing. I think two attack ships. I think the decline in the fat turrets are really helping them out because like the old like Rackfell, Han, Jake would have totally preyed on these guys with their gunner effects, and they could have arc dodged them a lot. But those have kind of they've they've dropped off quite considerably. So I think that's a big reason why the defenders are succeeding now is because they have the defensive abilities to shrug off Dengar and they can just five forward, three bank, go right at Manaru and just start laying into her and bring her down. And uh, but then they also hit hard enough that they can give uh, your typical pal faces some trouble. What sort of thing and are then, you doing to aim at that style list? To take out palp defenders, yeah, or palp bases. Well, you're palp defenders and then uh, jacks defenders. Well, I've you know I've been playing a lot of different stuff on Vassal League, but I I took Corin, Tutalas, and Stresshog to my last regional, and I felt like Corin was really good in the meta. He can boost and barrel roll to dodge those torpedo boats arcs. Uh, he can survive against Dengar and Manaru. He's really hard for those two ships to bring down, but he's also good against all the single-turn triggers that are in the game, like Evades and Palpatine. Uh, 
with his double tap ability. So I don't know how high I would be on that list now uh, with slicer tools out there and Asajj and TLTs probably coming back. But uh, I liked that at that time. So, so, so the th- as I say, TLTs are also going to be a big deal. Like if TLTs come back because of jump masters, defenders suddenly have a much crappier day. Yeah, it's it's the lack of auto thrusters, so turrets yeah. really. Hurt. Which is actually where the other thing is, where Jack's defenders works better than the palp defenders because Jack's can handle that that weight of fire a lot easier. So let's kind of jump into those are uh, those are our S tier and 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 let's kind of jump into what we think are tier one sh- sh- lists, like lists that we think are absolutely uh, uh, possible to win worlds and. Let's talk about PAL bases, because we did talk about them a great deal, but we consider them T1, and um, Pirate, why don't why do you think that they're T1 as opposed, and why do you think they're not T1, but they, or not TS, they're, they're Tier 1? Well, uh, PAL bases just, again, controls variants so well. Um, by either dodging the arcs and then when they do get caught they can sit behind a bunch of tokens in Palpatine uh, the problem though why I think this is a good rating for them being tier 1 is because uh, rebel control can completely shut down a traditional pal bases um, both Sunterfell and pretty much any ace that you can pair uh, rely so much on uh, rely so much on their actions that the turn that they don't get actions, they're so vulnerable that they can just get ripped apart. And because uh, Rebel Control can come back and your Stress Hogs um, can come back, they suddenly have a bad matchup. So if you're running Pal bases and you roll and you roll Rebel Control and Rebel Control again, you can be put in a pretty bad hole. Yep. For sure. Yeah, that's that's especially worse with uh, Saji in the meta now. The, yeah, as I say, slicer tool is the other side. The the flip <clears throat> the flip side though is that like it's still pal bases, right? Oh yeah, oh. it's still really really good. Yeah. So one of the other things that I think uh, it suffers from is matchups that used to be like sixty forty for them. So like pal bases into like a traditional robot style matchup, like they can free up a point for slicer tools now. So now you suddenly go like all those turns the robots are like ah, I'm not gonna get a shot but I have to position. Wait, now I can just take a 50-50 chance of taking half the Inquisitor's life away. Right, and that that effect will cause the aces to not push the limit, right? To stay away from you, even if it's irrational. Like they yep. they should still do it anyway, so they just won't do it. That it's, um, that certainly pushes. The threat is stronger than the execution. That certainly pushes towards non push the limit aces like Whisper and Omega Leader, that sort of thing. And sure. Riad mm-hmm. and Vessery. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> Hey, One of the reasons why it's S. Um, so I so pal bases is I think like the second most shot at thing in the meta, right? I mean, everyone still shoots at that list. Oh, it's it's still really really good, and this is like when we talked about the tier structure as well. Like uh, assuming that the Howards are bringing Howard aces, like mm-hmm. they still have good money on them to win the whole thing. Yeah. Like. That's it's just the way it works. Like it's still it's still solid. It still beats a lot of things. And in the hands of someone that plays it a whole bunch and knows exactly what they need to do with it, hey, like, like 
there there you go that's a good bet let's talk about our next tier one list that we think is very good and i want to kind of give this to blair because it's his favorite list um <laughs> blair um you got jokes ricky you got jokes scum scum is not scum is still at least tier one despite the fact that they eliminated in my opinion the other tier one list for scum which was the triple scout list scum is still alive in your favorite yeah. list dengaroo it's still it's still valid they didn't nerf it i'm sorry buddy why is it tier one and and what do you sort of think about why it's strong and why it's not? Wait, and before he answers this question, I want to point out that Blair only recently played Dengaroo for the first time in his whole life against me. How'd that feel, Blair? It felt dirty. It felt a little dirty. I won't lie. But it also, it almost like, it reinforced everything that I thought about the list. Is that it's really easy to play and it's really really good. Uh, so. All right, so why is it good and and what is it and why is it good for worlds? And why is it easy? Yeah. Uh, here's why. Here's exactly why. I'll, I'll give you a perfect matchup. <laughs> and I I love. You know, I gotta say, I really thought that was really cool of Alex to write that article and give the justification for all the changes, all the big changes they made. I thought that was really awesome. Something we didn't need to do. thought it was very cool. And I agreed with most everything he said, but at the end, I was sitting there saying, why are you doing this when, in my opinion, Dangaroo is like, has an even more crippling effect on the meta, because I've played, I've played two games games now one against reinhardt and one against my friend i had bigs two daggers two tallas and both games i just jousted dengar and i got completely crushed both times now that list is like a jousting extraordinaire list like apart from like a crack swarm wouldn't you guys agree that's like pretty much like at the top of like the jousting theater wouldn't you say you said maybe corn in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're gonna get it. We'll get into the crack swarm next. But spoilers, it's tier one. But, <laughs> but that's a really strong. That's a really strong jousting list, yeah. right? Bigs, two talls, okay. and two daggers. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. It, how insane is that? That a primary turret ship can out joust that list. Am I crazy to say that that's stupid? Like, come on. That's just ridiculous. Well, well, hold on. So I think to kind of unpack that, I agree it's ridiculous, but the reason why I think it's ridiculous is because it's kind of melting some of the traditional kind of pillars of X-Wing that both Paul and the designers have called out, which is, you know, arc dodgers, jousters, um, and what's the third type? Uh, swarms. I mean, yeah. no, arc dodgers, jousters, and, and turrets. And turrets. Yeah. All right. So the jousters are swarms. My bad. I mean, and that's just kind of annoying. And maybe we're just being kind of uh, old fashioned. They were like, oh, back in the day, we used to have three pillars. But I think that's part of the game design that those pillars exist. And it pains me that the sort of emergent behavior of all these different game mechanics, which we covered in the last episode, are resulting in things like one ship being able to out joust the uh, superb jousting list. And that's only because of the crazy interaction between Manaru. Dengar's ability, um, the broken Zuckus. I mean, hell, if you guys are in there in the fact and changing things, can you just 
fix Zuckus while you're there, guys. If we're going to just be um, changing numbers, we may as well make Zuckus right. like three. And, and, and then countermeasures, and finally Lone Wolf. That conjunction of like six different game mechanics resulted in a ship that can single-handedly warp and break all the kind of you know traditional views of X-Wing meta. And that's annoying. But maybe that's just the world we live in and that we've got to be more adaptive about how we think about X-Wing. I mean, I don't know. Do you think that's crazy, Blair? You definitely have to be adaptive. And to me, that is what makes Paul Heaver so great is that even though he's won three world championships, he doesn't allow himself to get attached to any of those lists. He's instantly changing and trying everything, seeing what he likes, what he doesn't like. But so I agree that, you know, the meta, it'll shift. It'll definitely shift and stuff will become more or less obsolete. But I think this is just, it's a little too good for how easy it is to fly. And the thing you didn't mention, Lyle, the thing that I really, is the overclocked. Like the ability to spend, you can spend like nine focuses in a single turn. Like turn after turn after turn after turn. That is insane. And there's not enough ships out there that can counteract that. You've got Karnor, who's good. And West is okay. Paylob kind of sucks. Those are really yeah. the three ships that can, like, <laughs> take that away. Right. And so, Karner, Karner doesn't shut down Glitter Stim, so when that Stim kicks in... He doesn't shut down Glitter Stim. Yep. Yeah. So, so, so let's, let's jump back into this. So, Dengaru is Tier 1. What do you do to stop that? I mean, what... It, first of all, Blair, do you think that... It, do you think that this should be Tier S instead of Tier 1? I don't because... Basically what everyone was saying is that, that defenders have more winnable matchups even with uh, torpedo boats gone there's still gonna be a lot of stuff that dangaroo and i think that's why a lot of the dangaroo players have been trying other stuff like on vassal i've been seeing they've just kind of done away with they're really trying other stuff because they're seeing that even as powerhouse as a list as it is there's a lot of stuff that's kind of auto loss for it so like what though so this kind of gets like, into the like Paul's nationals Paul's Nationals list, uh, I think, uh, was it Asa Graf, uh, or Dan Harz? It was uh, West, Cor West Corn and Biggs. Uh, that list can give it a lot of trouble. Um, you know, Karnor and the two defenders, that can really shut it down. Uh, Crackstorm's kind of interesting. And again, that's why I've seen Dengar out joust a Crackstorm. Yeah, I've if, seen if, it happen. If it's, if it's the traditional. On traditional countermeasures glitter stem dengar yeah you're not killing that with a crack swarm very easy yeah like the yeah. round he pops that you just don't shoot well because so. the first round he's out at range three and he, the thing is he can wait until he waits his double tap he can wait until one of those ties spends their focus and then he's basically is going to one shot that tie and yeah. then that's at range three the next turn he's at range one he bumps into one that can't fire pops glitter stem kills probably two more again and now it's like, like it's just, you got me. You you really shouldn't have done this, Ricky. Maybe maybe, maybe the one that talked about Tangerine. I, I, uh, th I think that that was unquestionably the right choice, and I would make it a thousand times for every one time. But I I, I brought my list, that Corrin Stress Hog too tall. I brought that to Vancouver because I was expecting to face BMF at some point in the cut. And I knew he was going to be flying Dangaroo. So I think 
you know, Super Corn can really give it a lot of... I just don't think those two ships can bring him down very easily. Plus, this, if you can get that Stress Hog on Manaru, uh, that, then you can really shut down the list. And it's hard to do that, but Corrin draws a lot of aggro off Dengar, so Dengar's got to make a decision of which one of those he's going to go for. Uh, you know, TLTs, they can... TLTs work it over really well. Yeah, they can put some damage into Dengar, and they can spread out too, so to try to mitigate that double tap ability. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's stuff out there, but it's it's going to be there. I don't think it's going to win Worlds, but I think you'll probably see a, one or maybe a couple make the cut. Cool. So Yeah, <laughs> I, I absolutely made the right decision to have you talk about this, because yeah. you've thought way too much about it. <laughs> yes, but that me and Lyle played, and it was my first time, and Lyle was flying... Can I say what you're flying, Lyle, or do you want to keep that under wraps? No, it's all good. He was flying Imperial A-Holes, which is, like, pretty much the list he has the most experience with. And the first game, it, like, wasn't even close. It was just, like, do the things, make him re-roll the dice. And my dice were better, but it was still just, like, Annihilation. And then the second game, I flew Dengar off the board with, like, six health left, and I still won! That's how insane it is. Like, yeah, and, 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 and that's maybe that, because of R5P9. And yeah, R5P8. Or P8, yeah. rather. Yeah. yeah. And so maybe that is kind of a tough matchup for A-Holes because they don't hit that list, doesn't hit very hard. But it's like the one ship you have, Omega Leader, he gets, like, totally counteracted by that countermeasure. So uh, there's it, it gives a lot of stuff a lot of trouble but I don't think it's going to win because I think there's too much out there that it'll have a hard time lift. And I think Palp Defenders and Jax Defenders are two of those lists. So, All right, so that like half the reason why it's S-tier is because it beats Vangaroo. Um, let's jump... But yeah, that's... I just... You gotta, re <laughs> you gotta reiterate, like, you gotta be ready for this list. If you've never seen it in action, you've never flown it or flown against it, you have to because it is unlike anything you've ever seen, and it is—it's yeah. you have to be aware of it. Dengaru, watch out! <laughs> watch out! Yeah. Beware! So, I mean, I guess while we're here, we, we we can talk about there's a there's a great article called "I Beat Dengaru and So Can You." We'll link it in the show notes. We're checking out. It talks about how to beat Dengaru, um, and you do have kind of two choices. You know, you can chase Dengar, Dengar, or you can go after Manaru. And if you have a fast list that can move quickly, like Palp Defenders, where you know all those ships can do a five forward, they can just go hunt down Manaru and ignore Dengar. And Dengar, they're not shooting at him. His ability doesn't kick in. He's not popping countermeasures. Uh, Manaru needs the tokens to stay alive. She can't pass them over to him. And you know it's an effective way of killing it. Um, and so it's worth calling out that you don't always have to go after Dengar. So let's jump into our our next uh, one tier list because we did preview a little bit of it. Uh, Tyler, the Crack Swarm is still top tier, isn't it? Uh, I I think the Crack Swarm. Well, swarms in general have basically always been tier one, mm -hmm. right? Like that's just since the dawn of time, they've at least been tier one, if not S tier, depending on the the month we were in. Um, crack has a, just a whole bunch of good matchups that it just kind of wins. Uh, just by the nature of it having a way to fire and forcing you to do other stuff. Um, it lost one of its great matchups in the fact that torque boats are gone. 
Like that was it wasn't auto win, but it was definitely uh, I think Lyle said it earlier, like seventy thirty, maybe even a little higher than that. Um uh it doesn't like Dengar, it doesn't like Dengaru. Um but as from what I've heard people talking, I don't feel like it's going to be nearly as popular as it was. Um there's a lot of people just saying it's dead, you know, like, okay, fine. Uh but the uh the bad matchups for crack swarms don't see a lot of play right now. Um, the the Howard aces, so double ace with auto thruster is just a real pain in the butt. Like if you have any of the other aces, like Vader or uh, uh, or a defender, it's easier. But when it's when it's two auto thruster based aces, that's that's not fun. Um, I don't think those will see nearly as much play. Uh, and people like dash and bombing uh, Miranda, like the, those are things that you, you don't want to see as a swarm at all. And they're just they don't show up that often anymore. So. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe everyone's going to be like, oh, tort boats are gone. Everyone run dash. But I don't think that's going to happen. So, uh, yeah. Um, it's a good list. I like it a lot. Drugs are good. <laughs> Crack Swarm is still good. The The one thing I have to ask when it comes to a swarm and when it comes to worlds, because in the end, this is sort of like world-centric when it comes to the meta. Mm-hmm. Just like... Um, the higher variance requires higher skill to like go through long matchups. Yep. Is it more of a mental task to run a swarm through? What did we say? So, How many games? You said twelve. Twelve. Twelve games to win it yeah, all. Twelve games. Uh, so it's 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 weird. Like crack swarm is the swarm that doesn't work like a swarm. Um, and I'll, so. The, if you were talking the like the A-wing Chihuahua swarm, mm-hmm. absolutely, that is a mental grind. All your games are going seventy-five minutes. Mm-hmm. It's gonna suck. You're gonna win on points a lot. Uh, mod wins don't exist anymore, so hey, get your wins. Your MOV is not gonna be great. Uh, crack swarms prey on enough lists out there, uh, especially your three and four ship rebel lists. They just don't want to see a crack swarm because it's it's a really bad time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because not only do they kill them, but they kill them really really fast. Uh, at Hoff, my average game time was under 20 minutes for the first eight games I played. Like, I got to finish my game, murder everything, or die. Like, I lost a game in, I think, 50 minutes or something like that. And then, like, go get food and watch whatever the people are doing. Sure. And, like, get to check out. So, like, the, the, worst, the, the only game that sucked was I flew against another Crack Swarm. Like, okay, this is TIE Swarm on TIE Swarm. It's going to suck. You know, that happens. Uh, but the quickness that it plays and the, the just un bridled aggro that it throws down in the sense that like I'm going to take one of your ships before it shoots or one of your aces early and then you're going to have to deal with five TIE fighters. I'm going to block you. I'm going to get a lot of shots on you repeatedly. Um, and I think it works on two levels. The first is just swarms in nature are really good in that man- in that like fashion. And the other thing is uh, like swarms kind of got unpopular to play for like the last year and a half. Like you just didn't see a lot of swarms. Like, even with Crack Swarm, it's not like there's going to be 50 of us there. There might be 10 of us there mm-hmm. at Worlds, maybe maybe 20. Um, and I think uh, because of that, there are a lot of people that have only been playing for the last year that are very good, that got very good quickly. They came from other miniatures games and the like, and they are, they don't, they're not used to seeing a, a six-tie swarm sitting across from them or a seven-tie swarm sitting across yeah. from them. There's a lot of old swarm theory that people don't practice anymore. Because it, they just don't, yeah. they're just not popular. You don't see it. Like, I mean, I legitimately had, uh, at Hoth, um, one of the, the guys that I played 
went five and one on the day, just like I did, and I beat him in 15 minutes. And he looked at the list and went, I don't know how to fly against this, and flew right. Poe Jake into the teeth of it, and they both died. And then he was like, I, yeah, all right, that's that's not how you fly against it. Okay. Yeah. There's, oh, man, you know, wave before wave four is just like, this is, you, it was like, uh, it was like Palpaces. It was the list. You have to know. Right, right. And, and a lot of it also has comes out of the fact that like, um, like the t turn zero stuff, like knowing how to yep. place your asteroids and knowing where to, to yep. get a swarm to move through, like so that you can try to break them up or you can set up situations. Like that ability is not there across yep. the board anymore. Nobody practices it. So, uh, if you if you're look if you're listening to this and you want to pick up the swarm because it sounds awesome, don't. <laughs> you only got two. You only, yeah, got, you two only got two to figure all that out. So, just be aware about so let, let, let's jump gonna, into let's jump into a newer school list um another list that we've listed as tier one is ghost ghost tlt or just go double ghost in general um sir uh, lyle i i remember you gave me the breakdown of list juggler and that the vcx was very very popular why don't you run me through why that's so good um, this is a list that you've suggested for me before. Yeah, so, um, I mean, the main reason is that we may see its kind of popularity go down as a result of jumps being taken out of the meta because um, they were one of the lists that could survive against a jump master list and kill it um, because they could just soak up all the damage with all that hull. So I think that's kind of point one, is that they have so much hull, and they can, if you've got a finesse list, for example, like A-holes, that doesn't do a lot of damage um, immediately and tends to just plink away at you until you die, um, this list is very good. Now, you can complement it with the Auto Blaster turret. And Francois's list that he flew at Nationals, which is two of the Ghosts and a Y-Wing, all with Auto Blaster turret, creates this huge bubble effect of basically kind of auto damage um, around them. And because they're big ships, that bubble is even larger. Mm -hmm. And as a result, they can deal very well with aces. Now, they can deal, especially the traditional pal bases, they can just murderize a Karner in one round, or kill Inquisitor, or kill Soonter. Um, now, they suffer a little bit against the defenders, because the defenders have those three shields, and, you know, it's not as good running, you know, ABT against them, because they can soak up some damage and hopefully kill you in the round amount of time it takes for you to kill them. My counterpoint to and that so is they do have four attack dice out their front. I mean, that is... It doesn't help them if the, if the defender is K-turning behind them. Yeah. Um, so I think those are kind of two points. One, lots of hull. Two, the auto blaster turret's really effective. And the third one is that they pair um, really nicely with lists that can bomb because they, they shoot out the front and the bombers bomb out the back. And so we saw at the U.S. Nationals, I'll, I'll go hunt the list down, um, uh, an amazing bomber list make the finals. Um, that was uh, basically one ghost and one K-wing. Um, and so I think that's probably the third dimension you have to think about is the fact that bombs actually are pretty good right now, and you can pair a bombing list with a ghost to be very effective. Why is it not necessarily the best? What is its weakness? Yeah, so a swarm can chow down on it. Um, it's got zero um, evade. Um, and so, especially if you're running a low PS ghost, something like Tyler's Crack Swarm 
can just eviscerate it pretty quickly. Um, yeah, defense... you, you can legitimately one-round them with, with good dice. Like... Yeah. Um, the defenders also are good, and I actually think that rebel control, like four, you know, four ship and five ship rebels, can also withstand some of their heat and shoot back pretty hard and joust with it. Um, and so something like BBBZ, it'd be fun to play test BBBZ against double ghost yeah. or yeah. double ghost they, high wing. They do even better because yeah, exactly right. They your auto blaster doesn't scare the fact that they have one agility, but they have eight hit points. Mm -hmm. And they're shooting with three attack dice, four attack dice. Um, is pretty strong. So I actually think that this list popularity has gone down, is, should go down a little bit, given the kind of dual factor of Rebels coming up and Jumpmasters going away. Yeah, the funny thing is, though, I still think it's very strong. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's good, but it's not as strong as I was pre-fax. So let's talk about um, a newer list that's going to be out that we think is good, and I think we're going to jump into the last sort of Tier 1 list um, let's jump into Braylon, Miranda, and Biggs. And, and and Tyler, you sort of walked me through this. Why is this such a good list, and, and, and what do you need to know about it? Uh, so basically, it's, it's a, it's a three-ship Rebel Death Star list. Um, and it kind of has... Uh, it's, it's classic Rebels in the sense that it's a jack-of-all-trades, right? Um, you, you pack a homing missile on Miranda, you give Biggs with his overkill droid to just sit there for a few turns and make them shoot you, uh, and then you bring Braylon with Gunner and R3A2. So now you have a, a just straight-up better stress bot. Um, he can double stress out the front and out the back, so you don't have the suddenly, oh crap, now I'm in this Y-Wing that has to just too hard turn and hope I get back in the game someday. Like, you can be relevant. The other cool thing yeah. is oh, when you're way, doing before you go forward, I just want to point out that my money is on Heaver bringing this ship, this exact ship, to Worlds. I'll yeah, put it there I, right now. I I could see that for sure. Um, and oh hey, wait a second, what's your pilot ability? Oh, it's a possibility of ditching another stress regardless of what style of move you did. So I could double stress things and then be stress free the following turn to double stress again. That's really, really good. And it and it still hits hard. Like, I mean, it's it's got three dice out the front with the title um, and, and a gunner effect, right? So I can strip tokens, I can cause stress, I, I can do well. Uh, so that's, that's an element of control with a five dice homing missile attack coming out of Miranda, uh, generally with long range scanners. So you're getting a, a target lock focused five dice homing missile that you can't use evade tokens on to just smash into somebody. And, oh, wait, I don't have to worry about that because, hey, Biggs is here. Biggs is stopping you from shooting me. And then Biggs is going to go down, and you have a TLT Miranda and a, uh, w with an extra homing missile. And then uh, um, this, this Braylon arc just trying to control stuff and make people not go through stuff. So, yeah, uh, I, I think it's really good. Um, it did really well at the, the Crossroads Classic over in Indianapolis a few weeks ago. Uh, Zach Matthews won the, won the whole thing with that list. Uh, I believe he only had one homing missile and then uh, a seismic charge instead of the extra munitions. That's a toss-up. It's just kind of player preference at that point. Um, but it is, it's really good. Um, I'm curious as to how well it'll do now, because it kind of preyed on uh, torp boats in the sense that like they had to shoot bigs, right? And so you could get one of them down and soak up three torpedoes with bigs. And then uh, uh, Braylon could get stress one of them that they hadn't you know hurt, that kind of a thing. Um, so some of the stuff like counter uh, rebel control or whatnot might might do well against it. So yeah, that's uh that's that. So certainly it 
it's a little bit out of left field, but I, I kind of get it. Like having both arcs is so handy when it comes to the stress yeah. mechanic and Biggs just keeps that fucking around and Miranda one V one is so good versus people. For sure. No, like I legit watched, uh, Zach played, uh, my buddy will that was on Jack's defenders and has been flying it for over half a year. Uh, and he was the number one overall Swiss with Jack's defenders in the, in the first day of their first, first round of the cut. And I watched Miranda, like all of them basically nuke Ryad, like took her to one hit point, And then the following turn, a TLT killed her. And then like, I don't think the arc lost shields. Like he, he ran Jack's off cause Jack's had to deal with the, uh, uh, like double and triple stressed. They they rolled over on Vessery, corralled him. Oh wait, Jax has spent three turns getting back into the fight. Okay, hold on, turn over there and double stress him again. Like yeah, but just over and over point, again. A point on that, by the way. I mean, Paul has also been uh, playing a lot of Asagi plus double TLT. Yeah. On yeah. a lot of scum. Yeah, and it's so you know whatever. I guess I'll hedge my bets and say that with palp aces, kind of or excuse me, palp defenders. And defenders in general sitting there at the top of the pile, TLT becomes a lot better, and that matchup that that you're talking about it illustrates that. Yep. And so Excellent. I was a little surprised you guys put quad TLT down there at number two, but I guess, I mean, I think I agree. Um, the stuff it didn't want to see that people killed, i.e., torp boats, or the stuff that killed that people didn't want to see and torp boats are gone. Uh, and I don't think there's enough crack swarms to really make them feel like, oh, hey, I, I'm for sure going to run into three of these if I take it to Worlds, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you'll probably run into one crack swarm, but you're not going to run into three or four. That's just going to auto-make you lose. And even then, right. that's not an auto-loss like the torque boats were. And Quad TLT will also probably run into Palp Aces, and because both Sunter and Inquisitor both have auto-thrusters, um, they can chow down on a Quad yep. TLT list pretty easily. Yep. So I want to talk about a list that we had a little bit of an issue deciding between Tier 1 or Tier 2, I suppose, in the end. It doesn't necessarily matter which tier it is, but let's talk about it. Rebel Regen, it's definitely back. U-Boats are gone. The Alpha Strike is really the only thing other than a Crack Swarm is the only thing that sort of stands left. And the ability to regen hit points is certainly very, very valuable where do we think Rebel Region lies in this new world's Corrin? Yeah. I mean, you can go Poe, you can go Corrin, you can go Poe and Stress Hog, you can go Poe and Braylon now. Basically, last um, year's world championships between Nathan and Paul, those lists are, are now yeah. actively available. Are those a Tier 1 or a Tier 2 list? Uh, certainly, I think that it would be insane to say that that list couldn't win again, given uh, the changes to the scouts. But is that a list that should be favored most of the time? Is that a one or a two? And what what do you guys kind of feel about this list? Can we all go at the same time, like three, two, one? <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Um, hold up, hold up, hold up. I, Let's just go. All right, we'll, vote, let's, we'll vote on schedule. Hold up. Let's just go ahead and quickly go through this then. I'll just go down the list looking at the Skype chat from Les Beret. Blair, is uh, is Rebel Region a one or a two? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to try and eliminate Alex from having to edit too badly. Um, <laughs> Blair, 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 Blair. Blair. You're forgetting now. These pirates are cowards, dude. They're all going to go with whatever Blair said. No, they're so. not. I will say whatever I think. 
Okay, Blair, what'd you say? I think, I mean, there's a lot of Rebel Region as a thing. It's like there's Poe, there's Corrin, there's Miranda, the Red Ace. I even got R2D2 crew as well. Uh, but overall, I'd, it's like 1.5. Uh, oh, I think that's cheating. That's Boo. cheating. That's cheating. cheating. Oh. No, uh, it's not cheating. Blair, Blair, it's not cheating at all. Just give me your take because Blair's take is pure. <laughs> okay. It's pure X Wing. If I if you're gonna pull my teeth, I'll say it's tier one. Uh not a whole lot has changed really since over if we take out torpedo boats. I mean, it really, the meta right now, or what it's going to be at Worlds, it's going to be closer to Worlds last year than what it's been over the past nine months. And Rebel Region is really good as long as you, if you're good enough to not let it get burned down quickly, you know, it's good against Palp Aces because, you know, the one thing that Palp Aces does is it just kind of hangs around. It, it just, it, they're hard to bring down, but, you know, Region is hard. It's hard to bring down too. And if you've just got, two aces in a shuttle it's hard for those ships to kill if kill a Poe or a Corrin if you're flying it properly if you're flying it well so uh, same goes for Miranda so I definitely think we're going to see some Rebel Region make the cut so that's my take alrighty Lyle Rebel Region tier 1 tier 2 what do you think I'm like 1.25 <laughs> alright <laughs> Uh, no, definitely one. I mean, everything Blair said. Um, and, you know, with Jumpmasters going away, there goes one of their predators. They should rise up bubbly-wise. And I, I think they're actually maybe – I think the real question is how do they do against defenders and against, you know, the our two S lists. And I think that on the whole they will lose because they won't be able to – turn around fast enough and that the defenders will just get in their six and start murderizing. Um, so that's the, I mean, they're, I think they're a week one for me because of the fact that I don't think they'll do terribly well against our, our top tier list. All right, pirate. What do you think? One or two? Uh, it's one for me. Uh, I was in a local tournament that had some, I don't know, like some 20 plus people in it. I took a regen Poe and a fat Han and made the cut and went five and zero in Swiss because in the absence of torpedo boats, you just outlast everything out there. Like there's now it's like the opposite. It's like the opposite of the crack swarm. You're going to go to time every time because, Mm -hmm. um, so it's a slog in that way because you will play 75 minute rounds every time because you may not have the killing potential of the other list, but, but you'll you, MOB you'll, the shit out of somebody. Right, exactly. You can't, you can't die. So, uh, it's tier one for me. It does have bad matchups um, against some alpha strikes and, uh, and defenders with the being not being able to turn around. So, but with the right, uh, with the right wingman, wing uh, region can do really well. So, Tyler, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to go against the grain and say two. Uh, the reason, A, because I hate it. 
it's, it's, a, it's a shitty it's a shitty archetype. No one should ever fly it. And they should feel dirty for doing so. I I, uh, I never I will never fly regen again after that tournament. It was right? miserable. You just you feel awful, uh, yeah. and you should. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the so so I agree with what everybody's saying there. Is I don't think it has a great matchup against defenders. Uh, Alpha Strike, uh, depending on how you fly it, can just you can get murdered. Uh, but the one that we're not bringing up here is the lists we just talked about and that's stress arcs and stress arcs are going to control them really really well and i don't care if you're regening shields if you're pointed the wrong way and you have ships behind you you're going to eventually die because they're going to keep dumping stress into you and you're not going to you'll get your shield back or if you're r5p9 you don't even get your shield back so mm, that's a very good point yeah, yeah, yeah. i, I think thought of that stress is going to really hamper them assuming uh be, because we're, we're going to be getting stressed two two ways right we're going to be getting that that scum stress finally with Assange and and the the new arc as well. So to me, I absolutely com- I agree with you, Tyler. I think that, it, that 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 sort of is what we're pointing out. We all kind of like prove the point that the reason why it's a tier two as opposed to a tier one is that it's absolutely a list that we would not be surprised that it won worlds, but it would have to check it would need that perfect it would need yeah exactly it would need the right run to win worlds but if it did and the right person was playing it it could absolutely win but it would need you know to not see stress in a good it would not need to see like the right stress matchup or the right um overall like you know firepower to like just burn something down so i think and i think the and I think the stress and the defenders are going to be very popular. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. it's going to be one Rebel of those things where you're taking it. They're like, yeah, that's what it, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, so stress, but either rebel or scum, and defenders are going to be fifty percent, forty percent. You think? I mean, maybe maybe more of all the lists that show up. All right, so I want to jump into tier two. Oh. So tier two, these are lists that we think are very good and have the opportunity to win worlds, but basically you want to avoid certain matchups. There are things that could be hurtful if you run up and against it. Certainly, you know, a bad list. Anyways, so the first thing that we want to get into is a new ship, new for worlds in Asajj Ventress and a buddy, typically, uh, you know, TLT, something along those lines. Asajj is, you know, a very powerful ship, and Lyle, I know you like this ship, and you've said good things about it. What do you think is going to make this ship good? Sure, so I think it's a couple reasons. One, um, with things like Rebel Regen coming back, and with Defenders out there, TLT is going to be pretty good. Um, and so that you're, those two TLT ships can do yeoman's work, and you know, I think Tyler pointed this out the other day, that you really need two of them for it to be effective. Um, so that's kind of step one. Double TLT. One TLT doesn't scare me. Two TLTs, now suddenly we have a, we have issues. Yeah, well, because you can kill a TIE fighter with two TLTs. Because um, that's four shots, right? Yep, sure is. Uh, and so that's point one. And point two is about Asaji and about her and the Lats Razzie crew member in conjunction with her ability to um, hand out stress. So let's say she's got, she hands out a stress to someone, or excuse me, someone's stressed. She hands out a stress. She can then pull that stress back to create an evade token with Lats Razzi. And as a result, she's hard to kill. She's like a real tank. Um, and you can pair her up with like push the limit and engine upgrade to 
And with a mobile firing arc and push, she can stay out of the fight and kind of kite around and have lots of hit points and be hard to kill. Um, so Asagi TLT is like a really nice kiting list. Um, and I think it pairs well with the way the meta sits right now, um, based on what we talked about with uh, tier one. And it should prey on some of those tier ones. What uh, doesn't it want to see, or why might it not be as good as we think? I think a crack swarm can kill it. Yeah. Pretty fast. Um, I think Dengaru can um, hit it pretty hard. Uh, um, is no. interesting in the sense that you get into this problem where uh, uh, if, if he kills the TLTs, uh, yeah, it's going to be hard to put damage down on the Shadowcaster, but the Shadowcaster isn't really putting damage back. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, And then I think the third thing that preys on it is Palpaces, especially the um, the Howard variant with the uh, double auto-thrusters. Yeah. I've actually been flying this uh, archetype for uh, almost exclusively for now. It's I use Paylob because I'm a masochist, but... Um, what Paylob does is he acts as like scum bigs, so he messes with everybody's target priority. But I will say that I uh, the aggressive form of Ventress is actually really scary against uh, like uh, Miranda Miranda Biggs and all, all the uh, some of the rebel low agility rebel ships, just because if she has the ability to uh, tractor beam things out of position and just like really hammer with TLTs. It can be really devastating. So um, I think it's I think it's appropriate in that it's tier two because it can have some really bad it has some really bad matchups, but there are tier one lists that it can prey on. But it has yeah. Sometimes it's like a it's like a house of cards. If you knock out if you knock out one of its if one of its stands it's it's not gonna do well. But if as a unit it's a very scary list. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, now that Scum has kind of taken the hit with, you know, losing the Jumpmasters, you got lists like this that we're talking about, you got Dengaru, um, but something we haven't talked about, and it was something, Ricky, you've been playtesting and playing with, is using Fen, and in general, the kind of impact that the Protectorate Starfighter is going to have on Worlds. So, um, what are your thoughts, man? What do you think? Man, I'm kind of sad about Fen. I really missed his ability to run with a scout the scout, the party bus, and the and Finn played really well together in the sense that you had a finisher, you had some control, you had a lot of firepower with the scout. So I'm not necessarily sure what I'm running with it anymore. I definitely think that Finn goes well with Manaru, but I'm not. I don't know. I haven't really tried that yet. I like. I've seen the scout plus. A party bus. I don't know if you go double party bus. I gotta be honest. I'm a little bit in uh, in, in in a little bit of a depression post uh, scout nerf. So I'm not entirely sure what to do. There's old. There's the old protector which I am looking at the list now. The old Ar man fen. Yeah, old man. Old man fen. Or old, yeah. With. So I like uh, Finn Rao a lot. Finn hits ridiculously hard. It's the first really viable ace pilot that Scum gets. And, you know, I'm certainly pro, pro, pro Scum, you know, Scum and Villainy podcast and all that. And, and so I like Finn. 
The problem is, is that Finn, you know, he's got, he doesn't have a Vade. And not having a Vade really makes him, you know, squishy. And it's really difficult for the scum to get a Vade. I mean, I think the only thing that you can do is there's a way to get it with Manaru, but it's not really worth it. And so there isn't really a... I guess there's Manaru, but Manaru isn't Palpatine, so there's really missing that Palpatine for the scum faction. Right. Well, how about this, man? I got a suggestion for you. Replace it with a Bump Master Manaru. Why are you forcing Manaru there, though? Well, because Manaru and Fen are good. Like, man, like when Fen gets into the hot spot where you know he could potentially die because of his low hull. She can pass him those focus tokens, and you know if he's at range one, he's rolling a lot of dice, and he's already got the protectorate title, which hopefully should help him as well. He can weather the storm and hopefully get his kill shot off. Look, that that's definitely what our friend Dom has been pro- uh, proposing. So I, I get it. Uh, just for me, I want I want Manor to get shot. And I don't know. Like I, I I get it. It's just I I sort of miss. I'm going to miss the Contracted Scout, despite the fact that it warped the meta. So, let's jump into um, another... Actually, wait. Kelvin, I want to I want to take over here. You, you said that word party bus, and, you know, we use a lot of slang in X-Wing, and I don't know how often people know what we're talking about. And so, up in the show notes, I posted a link to a great comic that kind of describes it. But one, I want to, I, I want to say what, what party bus is. And two, I want to... Um, I'd like to ask you guys what you think about, you know, its impact on worlds is because we haven't talked about it yet, and you know, it's a, it's a real thing. So, Boss with Dengar, Zuckus, and Forlong. Um, now, you don't have to have Boss technically; um, you can have it with just Dengar, Zuckus, and Forlong. But the way it works is so Dengar lets you reroll your missed attack dice. You got kind of a built-in lone wolf. And then with Zuckus, you can force the opponent to re-roll their defense dice. And then finally with Forlom, you can prevent your opponent from using the defensive tokens they have on them. And at the very end, when you roll damage, Boss can uh, uh, just add you know more dice uh, if you roll the crit. I use I use Crackshot on mine for extra, for extra hilarity. Those crew are super cheap too, ridiculously yeah, cheap. Awesome. It's super cheap. Forty-one or forty-two points. And that thing will wreck aces. So, um, what do you think this does to a defender? It's, it's still, <laughs> it's still, uh, it still punches defenders right in the face. Uh, the, the party bus just laughs at named, named aces, and with all their tokens, you can take a tokened up, uh, you can take a tokened up uh, ace and just say, yeah, just ignore those and all the green dice you roll. You can't do that either. And then I'm gonna crack shot anything you have left. And that's it. You're done. And they're gone. So that's true, then. Why isn't this thing moving up higher? Why isn't that bubbling up? So there's... Can you guys hear me? Yeah. 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 Okay. My mic's being weird with uh, mute. Uh, There's two problems with it. The first is you punch defenders in the face, and then they're behind you and don't care. Uh, so you, you get... Like, as long as they control range, that, that initial engage is great, but then they just shoot past you. Yep. Um, and... They lost, like, their big wingman was the scout, right? Like, because that was the, the, the pinnacle of, like, three-ship scum. And, Tyler, to your point, the list that won U.S. Nationals this year was a party bus. Yeah, two, and two scouts. Two torpedo scouts. 
and that list is now gone. It's just gone from the right. meta. You can't fly exactly. it anymore. Uh, and it's not that the party bus isn't good, and it's not that Fen isn't good for a point from from our last point. It's that like, what's that last thirty something point ship? And if you do go for like a bump master Manaru, the downside of it is she's not offensive really. Like she's not putting damage out. Right. Like she's helping us... your others, but she's not like she's not smashing a couple ships before you get down to that fight. Yeah, because the the party bus has to end the fight in the first round because if you get behind it, you you lose. So a buddy of mine has suggested that you turn it from the party bus to the party bosk, and you give him uh, basically make him more offensive, and you turn what was the scout to a protectorate with um, a title and auto thrusters, and you make it a, a sort of into a you know a blocker of some sort a good blocker you get the low 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 pilot skill you, you turn it into um, like a super a wing yeah you know. certainly I don't l- less the offense yeah so speaking of big ship scum there is one archetype we haven't talked about yet um and that's robots Blair what's up with robots in the current meta come Blair, on Blair you're, Blair you're on mute if you're talking you know you want to tell us I thank you Tyler yep, uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, I had such an opening, awesome opening line, and now I totally forgot it. Uh, I think this a lot of people who fly robots have been kind of experimenting with other stuff. Uh, some of them maybe went over to Dangaroo, but they're still a very strong list. And now, uh, you know, I don't. I never played them against the torpedo boat matchup. Um, I don't know who would really. I guess maybe robots. I don't, I'm not sure, but yeah, it's pretty close. It's pretty close. I think the single some... greatest problem for robots was boredom. Yeah, and but I mean, uh, there's certain stuff out there that is tough, like control, for example. Uh, but I agree, Tyler. It, it gets it, yeah, running two ships and they do the same thing. I, I can totally see that where it just kind of gets boring doing that. Well, but it, it, like for two years, right? Like yeah. I mean, robots yeah. have been out forever now. Yeah. So I want to talk that... about a a sort of adjustment to robots, which is uh, IG88C and Manaru. Is is that the same style of list, or what is the difference between a robots list and that? That sounds like a list that just is a weaker version of robots that doesn't hit as hard. Uh, it's, it's way different. Um, it's one-man army IGC, is basically what it is. Like, you still have a uh, punishing one on Manaru, so she still, like, actually attacks. You can't just ignore her. But, but um, it's uh, comboing engine upgrade on Manaru with an uh, um, IGC crew member, so that way you're, you're passing an evade token and focus token over to uh, IGC each turn. Um who then has all of the classic, like, Dengaru stuff of, like, Lone Wolf and whatnot, and just has lots of hit points that are super hard to damage and hits you back every time. Um, and flies in, in a in a robot manner, right? Like, does the, oh, like, suddenly now I'm going to three sloop and not care because I have tokens being tossed to me from Manaru. Hmm. It's fun to play. I've played it. Yeah. I've also tried out Manaru with um, a uh, Shadowcaster, and I've tried IG88C with a, shadow, with a, a, sh- a Shadowcaster, 
And all those combinations are really neat and fun, but I don't know if they're like they're just effective enough to to really be considered a tier one list. Yeah, I I think the like um I think those like those kinds of lists can work. It's just going to take someone really really good flying them. Like that's uh, like an Aaron Bonner style list to me. Or Dom. I mean Dom like yeah, went like twenty four yeah, sure. one with robots. You yeah. know, like a year and a half yep. ago. All right, Tyler, are these Tier 2 because of lack of use, or is it because of bad matchups? I mean, what is it? I just don't think people are going to bring them, is the thing. Is, yeah. they're, not, they're just a solid list, but they're not going to be common. Less common yeah. than Swarms? Yeah. yeah. I, I would I would think so. Like, yeah, they I, actually Nationals, do well for again. example, I had uh, uh, probably 10 to 15 TIE Swarms and a couple A-Wing Swarms, and I think I saw like four robot players there. Yeah, and they, they have a great matchup against swarms. Like I don't want to fly. I don't want PT. Like push the limit of band sensor robots. I've probably flown that matchup a hundred times, and I've won six of them. If that. Yeah, they're also good against defenders because the defenders have a hard time K turning through them, <laughs> um, and uh, with that gunner effect on IG88B, they can strip down tokens. Good yeah. list, just won't be popular. All right, so let's jump into another list we think is tier two and. It was sort of popular back in the day when, you know, sort of interceptors came to came to rise and, you know, the triple ace list. So that's, you know, Soontir, Vader, and, uh, boy, Whisper is the most famous one. But these, these high uh, PS aces prey upon defenders well. Uh, why do you think that is, Tyler? I, I think the big thing with triple ace that people or that that you have to take into consideration is the the same stuff we were talking about before with uh, certain swarms and whatnot. In that, it's super hard to play that for twelve games. There are not a lot of people that can do that over the course of a, a whole tournament, and you also have to be really really good. Like that is that's not a li- like playing high variance takes a lot more skill to do because you can just get down early mm-hmm. and, and lose a ship on the first turn because of just really crazy dice, and then you have to be able to climb back from that. Yeah, that's like a, a Dan Ors or a Nathan Idy type yeah, list. absolutely. Uh, that's uh, that's when I, I think I put it down there initially. Like, the, the Nathans from Hoth is the exact one I was thinking of. Which yep. is uh, Vader, Inquisitor, Fell. Or, yeah, Vader, Inquisitor, Fell. Right, and you saw, like, I mean, that game against Jumpmasters with him, you know, I think it was top four, where uh, Ryan Fleming's Jumpmasters yeah. beat him. You yep. just see like the kind of sadness that Jumpmasters and had on that list. I mean, he yeah. had to like yep. tuck his tail between his legs with Vader and creep around and try to hide behind asteroids, and it still didn't help. Another list we consider tier two is Rack Whisper, a uh, decimator and Whisper the Phantom. Certainly, it hits hard and has a uh, two ships. It's always hard to concentrate. So my question is: is you know, this being a two-ship list, is it tier two because of variance, or is do you think it's tier two more due to the fact that it's just got a lot of counters? Uh, Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, there's just enough bad matchups too. Like you bring Rack Whisper and you see double ghost with auto blaster turret. Like have fun, go away. Or you say you you run into that that person that's bringing actually an attached attack shuttle, right? To where the auto blaster cheese, I do four damage and you can't evade it. Like, okay, cool. I can't be range one of that thing at all with Whisper or I lose 40-something points out of my list. 
also, also like spam TLT. Spam right. TLT just like is a giant middle finger. And now also all stress meta. Um, I mean, if Rebel stress control comes back, that can take Whisper down pretty fast. Yep, for sure. You ran uh, that, didn't you? Oh yeah, I I basically ran Rack Whisper for probably two months, like after nationals, just for something different and fun. And the number of things I just went and destroyed was, I mean, it was laughable. Like the amount, like I mean, I was doing ten and twelve damage a turn uh, because of crits uh, with Vader crew. And uh, but then like yeah, like I said, I you run into double ghost auto blaster and just like okay, cool. I don't want to play this game. I'll just forfeit. Let's go get pizza. <laughs> right. So and and Blair, weren't you talking about that last cast or two tests ago? How like the showing up and being it was last cast and just being like kind of auto losses is not a good thing for the game on me again i mean yeah i think that it i don't see how you can say that is a good thing for the game i mean i i've heard warhammer players say that that's a big thing in their game and that's why they prefer x-wing is because you know you should have a chance with most any list but but that's just the nature of it. We're so far into it now. There's so much variance. There's going to be some auto losses out there. But I would, if I was going, I would definitely. That's basically what I was going for last year: is try to find a list that there's what you think is going to be popular. You're not going to have any kind of auto list. Might be an uphill battle, but yeah, yeah I would, I would stay away from whisper people. If you're thinking about bringing it, yeah, I would definitely. You, be, you better be really, really the good. Minoc, even the Minoc guys are not endorsing the Minoc special. They're not going to bring yeah. in people, so stay away from Whisper. Right. Uh, the one thing I will say on the uh, the auto loss being bad for the game is that's totally X-Wing 2.0. Um, a lot of the other miniatures games that have auto loss by, uh, not auto loss, but like matchup loss, uh, you run into like hangar bay style events where you always bring two lists. That's just the nature of the game. So that so might be something got, for the future. We've got a couple of, of lists that we think are tier two that we do want to cover. And we've been kind of like skirting around this list, but quad TLT quad, uh, basically four Y wings with, with twin laser turret is absolutely back because it cannot be just blown up with, with, you know, U boats. So why is this list good? I, I don't think it's you know, terribly difficult to point out, but why is this list good, and what's good against it now that you know, straight-up ordinance is gone? That just throws lots of dice. Yeah, everyone knows why it's good. It's, you don't have to worry about catching anything in arc. You throw a bunch of dice. I mean, I would kind of put it into the spectrum of robots. It's like it's good, but it's kind of boring. And so I think a couple of people will bring it, but uh, even with Torpedo Boats gone, I don't think it's really going to do all that awesome. I think enough people have played against it back in the day that they're going to bring a list that they can handle it well I mean, enough. That being so. said, it was top four at Nationals, right? There was a quad TLT list? Or top eight, I mean. I I think it was top eight. Yeah, top yeah. eight. So like, yeah, it can still it can still uh, do work, especially if it gets the right matchups yeah, through the tournament. It can do work if it gets the right, if it gets the right matchups. But and and remember, with defenders being out there so much, it's going to have some good yeah. matchups. Like yeah, that's that that yeah. is suddenly a very good matchup for them. So speaking of TLT, Blair, I really kind of associate you with the stress hog, mostly because I've seen you sort of pwn some fools with it a lot. Um, the stress hog is back. Uh, it doesn't have to see the focused fire of your standard 
you know, U-boats list and suddenly it can thrive and start to hunt aces. Now, you've flown a whole bunch of different rebel control and I know that you will uh, basically try and throw a stress hog whenever, wherever you can. Uh, what do you think of rebel control right now and uh, and how, how sort of do you think it'll do in the upcoming Worlds tournament? I mean, a lot of people have been talking about the ARC and saying they like it a lot more than the stress hog, but I just feel like uh, that stress hog, it already draws so much aggro that you're dumping so many more points into that arc and you're paying for gunner and you're, you're, I just, and it's going to burn down is against the bad match, the matchups that are bad for stress hogs. It's going to burn down in the same manner that a stress hog is going to burn down. It's, and it's just that it's way more points. So I know a lot of guys in playing orcs having a lot of success with it, and you can't pair it with bigs. But for me, I just I like the twenty six point stress hog because it's so cheaper, and uh, I I mean there's a lot of stuff you can pair with it. But for my money, uh, I would I prefer I still prefer that over the arc. I would have to say. So why so why do you think rebel control isn't? a tier one list or even a tier s well i honestly the big thing is just dangaroo because that's like the one list it's just like meh i don't care and also you know defenders they don't like stress like pc was saying a while back but they they can deal with it it doesn't completely shut them down like it does to the old soonter inquisitor whisper whoever so uh I would say that's probably why it's not tier one is that there's more stuff out there this there's gonna be more stuff there this year than last year that just kind of shrugs it off. That said, there's still gonna be a lot there that is. It's just it's about pairing finding some good components to pair with that stress log that can help you win those tough matchups that just shrug off the stress. Yeah, the the big difference between last year and this year is that the abundance of ships that can uh turn around like with a K turn or a sloop, with while being stressed. Now there's yeah. that yeah. are yeah, viable. That are viable. And uh, like to to verbalize what Blair was saying there. Like, okay, you put two stress on Vessery. He's still four K turns. He still gets his evade. Someone target locks him. He still has a target lock. So you've prevented a focus, and now have a ship that can't shoot. Right. Yeah, and it's never turning around for on those defenders. Like, yep. so it's and annoying, then, but it's but dealable. Deal. Yep, and then the so Imperials have uh, defenders. Uh, Scum has uh, jump masters with their white sloop, and Rebels have Hera. So there's just there are just too many ships that can that can turn around with stress. That it's like yep, okay. So um, that's basically what we consider to be tier one or tier two. I don't uh, we didn't miss anything yet, or we have to we have to talk about the tip. The triple slaver, the triple party bus. Oh yeah, triple slaver. I, I don't think this is a tier two list. Someone tell me why it is. Uh, it's beef, man. Like it just eats things alive. In the sense that, like, w- what are you going to do about it, right? Like, I have thirty six hit points. I have hundred eighty degree arcs, and I have all of the great scum crew. 
Is this like the new? It's like a four shuttle situation where it's just yeah, right, yeah. It's it's it, they're just better shuttles, right? Like yeah, it's, but, but they have the best crew. And they they yeah. do, yeah. That's the thing is they have the crew that supports it because you they can have a like white heart, they have a white heart turn. Yeah, they have white heart turn. They've got crew like K four security droid, Zuckus, Dengar, Forlom. Like all those guys are really really Greedo and and Boba Fett. Like. You can literally dump all the freaking bounty hunters and three of these stupid slavers and go like, hey, I'm bringing all the bounty hunters, yo. Yeah, and it's like, in the number of things that, like, the reason it's tier 2 and not like tier 3, tier fun, that kind of a thing, is the matchups that they have that are, that they actually can fight into are surprisingly the good stuff out there, right? Like, you stack two uh, party barges next to each other, like, defenders can't K-turn. Like, hey, you can't get behind us. You can bump into one, and we're going to shoot you a bunch with the other ones, and we're going to stop your evade token, and we're going to make you reroll dice. Oh, and I'm going to reroll my dice with Dengar. That kind of a thing. And they're not going to get Alpha Struck off the board because they have 12 hit points. So, like, even a TIE Swarm, like, you, you just get ran, like, you run into it, right? Like, I can maybe kill one on an Alpha Strike if I manage range perfectly, and I have all my actions and roll decent reds, but... Like it's it's you can't do the whole argument of a single party barge where it's like oh once you get behind it much like a shuttle you've kind of won the game because there's multiples of them and they just get in the way. It's only when there's one left. That yeah, yeah. If you can get it down to one left and you've still got a couple tie fighters and you can just stay on at six, uh, it's still not like an auto win because the time it takes you to get to that point sucks and there's still you know sixteen seventeen point ships at half value that you're having to plink through with, you know, your, your shots every turn. Man, I want to run this now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's super annoying. Like, just, like, yeah. All right, I'm going to bring this up. I'm going to close this off for, uh, for the most part. I, but I want to ask you guys, what did we miss? If, of this tier list, I mean, of course, this was sort of, like, done by group effort. What did we miss, and what did we get wrong? Um quickly let's kind of just kind of we'll give you guys like a like a, a, a 15 minute blurb um blair what do you what did we miss or or what did we get wrong 15 minutes blair you get 15 minutes okay. to cover this 15 so, minutes i can seconds i can seconds. do it <laughs> no fit minutes i want to hear this <laughs> okay so i i see this all the time and pc was actually guilty of saying this last year is that the winner is going to be someone who finds something that's good in the meta and just kind of slightly tweaks it to to gain the meta isn't that is that fair to say that's sort of what you said that's PC? what i said it's always okay. it has always been something that is meta with a twist yeah yeah um that said there's always something out there that no one's found aaron bonar and jeff burling are the two perfect examples and while we spent so much time going through all these lists, what's going to be there, I would say it's like 20% list building, 60% flying, and then like 20% luck. And luck it defined as matchups and dice. That's what it takes to win worlds. I mean, I the list, I my, my list, no one had my list when I brought, no one brought that same list. And I, I told... I told Salila, I told Richard Sue when I showed up there what I was flying, and he like cringed like so hard. It was like almost like he felt sorry for me, like when I told him what I was flying, uh, and, and I ended up doing pretty good with it. So uh, there's always stuff out there 
that, I mean, and you look at, I mean, go ahead and take a look at Deep Core. There's a bunch of lists that we haven't mentioned that have been doing well there. So there's always stuff out there. And but I would say the majority is going to come down to flying. A tier two list could easily make top four, maybe even win it of if it's flown properly. Course, of course, we have no idea what we're talking about, and something else is going to win worlds, and that's frankly <laughs> no, something frankly, we didn't. That's awesome. Yep. Yep. All right, Lyle. What did we? Uh, what, what did we not say, or what did we get wrong? Yeah, I'm actually looking through Deep Core now, uh, and I'll post a link up on the show notes. To see what people are flying that that we haven't talked about at all. I mean, we haven't talked about double uh, um, Shadowcaster, and Darth Dane has been flying the crap out of Asagi and Ketsu and doing pretty well. Although he, I, th- I think that's I think that's solidly tier two. Like I think it can can get wins. I think it could do good. Um, it just dies to uh, like beef. So like act like old school Rebel Swarm things like that. Where yeah, mm-hmm. Blair, I think you beat him. What'd you beat him with? You beat that list with uh, something old school, right? Oh, I had Torkel TLT with Zuckus, I think, and then the unnamed Protectorate with Autothrusters and Tidal, and then two pirates with Slicer, and then like a ruthless freelancer with the Tidal, <coughs> uh, like Greedo. And I think that was it. That's not old school. That's pretty modern. Um, it's a cool list. <laughs> uh, but like, like here's a list. I'll call it out. So it's Vander Legion played it against Muon. He had Fen Rao, PTL, Conquer Dawn Protectorate, and Auto Thrusters. Then Manaru with Adaptability and Recon Spec. And finally, Slaver, Forlom, Dengar, and Zuckus. It's a 98-point build. So that's a really cool list. Manaru and Fen play well together. We've talked about the party bust and how it can nuke... Um, you know, aces. I mean, that's a type of triple ship list that could easily make top 16, if not top eight, if not win the whole thing. Oh my God, Lyle, I want scum to win so hard. It would just be so wonderful to have the scum and villainy faction win. Uh, just, it brings a tear to my eye. Anyways, PC gamer pilot. What, what do we miss? Uh, I think we just might've breezed over it, but we didn't, like specifically go into Dash. Dash is one of those ships that's always going to be there and always going to be a pain. So always he's a good he's a good pick and he's one to watch out for. So we kind of talked about him, uh, but not on his own. So standard PTL Dash with Kanan or Kyle is something to look out for. I think still really good. Yep, Tyler. Tyler, what did we get? Uh, what do you think? What did we forget? Yeah. What we um, or, or, or what do you think? What did we miss? Uh, I think that um, controlling bombers are going to actually be pretty decent because uh, they have a good fight against defenders. <clears throat> if you can keep defenders controlled and really ion control is the only really way to do that. Um, I don't know how those, I don't know what that list is going to look like because I'm just, that's not the style of pl- play that I do. Like, uh, but things like uh, double wardens with Connor nets, extra munitions, and advanced slam, kind of a thing, um, uh, coupled with somebody like Jake, something like that, I feel like could do pretty decently. Uh, mainly because Sabine is just a dumb crew card. So I think that we missed Horton's song. <laughs> and some A wings. 
and some A-wings, four A-wings. That list is going to be great. Uh, no, actually, I think that we, I think that the Vader crew is still one of the most undercosted crew in the game, and Vader crew. It's, it's not undercosted. It's not undercosted. It kills you. That's part of the cost. It's built in. Yeah, but it's it's so good at killing it, like securing points. I, yeah. I love that. I I love the bomber. The I don't know. Is it a doom bomber? Or whatever. Yeah, I love uh, that list. The bomber shuttle. Or I love that ship. Yeah, I think that that's underused in 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 Imperials. All right, so let's jump into our contest list. That was you know our tiers. We hope you enjoy it, and uh, we're gonna kind of transition to our contest. Our winner, our, our list was a, or our contest was a Mara Jade list. We wanted to see Mara Jade crew, and we wanted to see what you would do with her, and basically what kind of interesting things we could do with the Mara Jade crew. Our winner was Donald, Donald Salisbury. He submitted a list that basically had all of our favorite ships, or at least certainly some of our favorites. What did he play, Blair? Um, it looks like we have, uh, Whisper with Juke, Enhanced Scopes, Mara Jade, and Sidium Particle Accelerator, Valen with Crackshot, Prockets, Autothressors, and Tidal, and then Tomax with Crackshot, Extra Munitions, Proton Torpedoes, and Guidance Chips. Alright, so he's clearly playing upon our list of, our, our, our love of both Valen Tomax and uh, you know just stuff that we g- generally love in the podcast, but we you know we do accept uh, you know lists that we with ships we like. I don't know. Anyway, so I really liked the idea of playing Juke and Stiggy and Particle uh, together, uh, Stiggy and Particle Accelerator together, uh, due to the fact that uh, it's a nice way to make Juke work on. Whisper, are there any other sort of ways that uh, we could potentially get that on uh, Whisper? Uh, all right, so you're talking about Juke with digging in Particle Accelerator, like when you basically when you decloak, you get the evade token, and then you get the blast people. Uh, yeah, that's cool. It's a cool combo. Yeah. Uh huh. It's kind of gimmicky, but it's fun. Yeah. 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 Enhanced scopes is also not the uh, the most fun thing in the world on Whisper. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, God, what was the there was a there was a direct quote from this, I don't, and I don't remember who the guy was, but it was Nationals right after the Phantoms dropped, and he showed up and he was like, "No, I've got the new hotness. It's enhanced scopes echo." And then he proceeded to lose like seven games in a row and was like, "I was so wrong. Why did I think this was good?" Awful. Enhanced enhanced scope sigmas is yeah absolutely oh it they're was. so good well that's what uh Aaron was flying <laughs> at Worlds was it last yep. year or year before two yep. years ago what's that Aaron two, two years, years ago before. yeah uh-huh. yeah so because I like both Valen and Tomax I I thought to myself what would I do with this list and I did Valen with Juke Proton Rockets Auto Thrusters and Title along with Tomax Crackshot Agent Callus Rebel Captive, and also the shuttle title to get a, you know, to get a very offensive ship uh, together with Tomax, and I think that it plays decently. Certainly Tomax is decent late game. 
Valen is very offensive, and Whisper is going to take a lot of shots. But Juke is you know, defensive and offensive at the same time. I think that it's kind of fun. And I'm never going to say no to Valen Ruder. So that's, you know, certainly that was interesting to, to kind of play with. Anyways, we would like to congratulate Donald Salisbury for his winning list. Uh, we'll probably end up sending you some prize, but as Alex is not recording with us today, we have no idea what that is. But uh, congratulations, question mark. All right, Pirate, you're the guest. What do you want to see for our next list submission? Six. I, I want to see your best sick list. That isn't... That is yeah. Yeah, that's that that's the most fearless. incredible suggestion. I love it. No, no, but you, <laughs> that you, you, is not you, the fearless auto blaster one. And yeah. you should make it hard though, and say they can't use the title. <laughs> oh, oh, God. oh no, we're, we're not a. Uh, we're not evil. How terrible is that? We just got that. Yeah. For the record, do you guys think that it should have been a shield upgrade and not a hull upgrade? I think it should have been. Mm. You know, I think it should have been two shield upgrades. <laughs> yeah. It's six and one half dozen. And yeah. No, shield's better. Like it'll beat that crit. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, I think it's got it's well. So it's it runs into the problem of like one shield seems to suck. Two shields seems to be really good. Yeah. As far as like crit crit acceptance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I, it's. I think it's okay. I think I think we're like we uh I and I can't remember the guy's name uh he was from China at our national at the Gen Con Nationals that was like. Real, did really well with two HLC uh, Transani Point Vets and Manaru. Like, if you give that guy two more hull upgrades, I don't know. <laughs> huh. Hey, there's your sleeper list, guys. That one's going to win Worlds. Yeah, that's the one we forgot. A double hull upgrade. It'll, it'll, it'll nail it. Uh-huh. All right, well, congratulations to Donald. We appreciate the list suggestion, and we want to see heavy sick titles, and send it to scum and villainy podcast at gmail.com and we will hopefully judge your list and give you a nice prize anyways all right so before before you close out um for the patreon shout out i mean you can shout out their names but i do want to give them a shout out for sending ricky to worlds so everyone um we dipped into the patreon slush fund and are flying kelvin to worlds in a couple weeks Unfortunately, he's not playing, but he is going to come out and um, he's going to be casting the event along with um, the Gold Squadron podcast, who's also going to be there and bringing better recording gear than we are. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so we might be freeloading off your gear, boys. Um, uh, it'll be Kelvin at least. That's what a good pirate does. That's right. It's true. It's true. It, they might get appropriated. Let's kind of be more honest about it. But And I mean, let's be real. Their Chicago Regional had more... Uh more uh, scum and villainy people in the top four than it had gold squadron people in the top four so it's it's only only fitting that's true three uh, that's a very good point um two out of four uh anyway so thank you uh patron members you've been awesome this whole year and we're really excited to see kelvin get shit-faced drunk on saturday and oh, and see what kind of crazy stuff glorious. he says on on live broadcast so um all right kelvin over to you PC, I do want to thank you for coming on. I really do appreciate it um, and all the good things you do for Reddit. So, man, uh, you brought a lot of good knowledge in. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, uh, for Blair Bunky, better known as... uh, All right. Well, that's our show. 
Uh, next show, we're going to cover Worlds 2.0 as well as what happened at the Worlds Tournament. Our shenanigans at the Worlds Tournament. Not going to promise shenanigans, but I'll be there, so who the heck knows what's going to happen. Um, for Tyler Tippett, better known as Star Slinger. Blair Bunky, better known as, well, Blair Bunky or Scruffy. For Lyle Hayhurst, better known as Sozin. I'm your host, Richard White, better known as Kelvin Tiberius Galactic Holonet. Thank you and good hunting.